Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, this is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. the Disney movie where the teapot's singing this? That's <laughs> what I think of. Like this is no, but around the same time. <laughs> it's right, you're not waking anybody up with this one in the house this morning. I Makes did want to go back to bed. <laughs> I gave my dogs moonlight kisses this morning. Oh, here's the best part. Sing it, Celine. It will be completely this is exactly where I woke up, actually. She's on the comeback trail. Here comes Clive. <laughs> Funny thing is, when you told us this song, I was looking for it. We totally thought it was somebody else. We thought it was Peebo Bryson. Yeah, so I was like, I think it was Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson. But to Bo's point, Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson sang the theme for Beauty and the Beast. So who together. is this? This is Clive Owen. Clive Owen? Clive Owen? <laughs> no, it's Clive Griffin. Okay, I was like, Clive Davis? <laughs> who's Clive Owen? <laughs> I don't know. Who's Clive Owen? I don't know who any of these people are. If there's a Clive know. Owen out there, I don't know any Clive. Good morning, Clive Owen. If there's a Clive out there that needed to hear this song. <laughs> well... And then we then we went down. This is great. We went down an off-air rabbit hole where we decided that Bernie needed to name his son, his son to be Clive. And well, we first Peebo started Clive. with Peebo because I thought Peebo, it was Peebo yeah. Bryson. And B- Bernie looked at me and he was like, "Peebo? There's somebody named Peebo? <laughs> Peebo it. Bryson? Peebo Bowles? What a great name!" I know but, that's fantastic. what I said. But then I said, "He should be Peebo Bowles, and he should say, my name is Peebo, but everybody calls me Clive.'" <laughs> <laughs> is it is that Debo Samuel's dad? Kibo? Yes. Kibo and Debo? Yes. Yeah, oh, see, that's great. And they're all like related that. to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> you could have, you if you have another uh, another kid, you could have, like, Pebo and Bebo. Bebo Slow your roll, Beth. I don't need another kid yet. <laughs> I haven't even gotten the first one. Was this originally Nat King Cole, though? I'm trying to... Yes. That's what... That's, that's what I thought we were listening to at first. I, do I don't know, know, I don't know who Cole anybody is. is. I do know Nat King Name King your child Nat King Cole. Nat... Yeah. That's Nat a cool like, name. Nat King Cole. I feel like with all this talk about Peebo Bryson, we should at least give him his due this morning, right? Well, yeah, because Bernie didn't know who Peebo Bryson was. <laughs> Just name your child P to be Peebles. Peebles. I mean, this song, I'm telling you, right around 84. 84 and 94. Oh, 80. Really? Yeah, this is early 80s. Wow, Peebs, you've been around a while. It's Josh Groban before <laughs> Josh Groban. Oh, this, I'm glad this you said Peebs. That was close to something else. <laughs> Here we go. If ever you're in my arms 
I've definitely heard this. Yeah, absolutely. This is your son. See, these are these are. This is why I'm here, so you guys can educate me. Oh yeah. On things like this. Oh yeah. This is baby making music, there, Bernie. <laughs> Some very what? Well, apparently he didn't need it. <laughs> That's right. It did just fine without your little soundtrack. <laughs> it's Jim and Beth and Bo and Bernie on the quiet Alexa, store. Alexa, play Peebo. <laughs> Which of us will be the godparents? All three of us? Or? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a great I think we should all be honored in that way, don't you think? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, I am a really, really good cool aunt, so I can totally be Auntie Beth. You guys are all included in the family. Cool. Yeah. I, so I think I think Peebo needs an Uncle Zoke. I, I totally agree. Well, you know baby Peebo is going to say, Bea. Yeah. Aunt oh, Bea. oh, I'll be Aunt Bea to Peebo. Sure. I love that we're already calling my son Peebo. Can't well, wait to play. We're taking him to Disney time. World. Like, you're not doing it, we're going to do it. So just know that. Perfect. And you know what the best part about Peebo is? It already has Bo in it. <gasps> See, he always makes it about himself. <laughs> It doesn't help that he could be born around Bo's birthday as well. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my gosh. His due date is the well fourth. within Which is like a little bow, a pee bow. A pee-wee bow. A kind of have to name him. His name is Peebo. We decided on the radio for you. Yes, and tell Emma it's done. And we're the godparents, and we're going to Disney World. I'll text her right now. It's all done. And then I'll let you know what she says later in this the This is baby-making music. And we can ride the teapot ride. Yes. <laughs> it's done, Bernie. We'll see you in 10 years. We can go eat dinner at the Beauty and the Beast Castle, Peebo's other big hit. Hey, you know what else we have to do between now and 10 a.m. today? The very first ever weekday at Bernie's. Because Bernie spent his weekday, his Monday, part of it, watching... Watching what, Bernie? I watched Twins yesterday. See, it all, it all comes full circle, even though you're only having one. Then watched Twins yesterday. My and I am heart. a twin, so that works. My heart is so full right now. I feel like today we have introduced you to a classic movie <laughs> and to Peebo Bryce. The, rec- the record just... <laughs> just the record sorry, stopped. the needle just stuck. Well, now I feel what like is we, an LP? I feel like we have to play Peebo and, and Celine singing Beauty and the Beast. That's the theme. Uh, that'll be in our next segment, yeah. Beth. <laughs> like I, can't, I, I don't know. I don't have that in my... What? That's not on one of your playlists, Bo? Uh, not at uh, 611. It will be at 620. Peebo. You need to have every Peebo Bryson song ever recorded. Just remember, my friends call me Clive. <laughs> I can't wait to call in when my son's finally born and Bo plays Peebo Bryson. You know I'm going to. I know he's going to. That's right. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it. All right. Lil Peebo. Even if you don't name him Peebo, you know we're all calling him that. Emma's, Emma's not going to go for Peebo. <laughs> Emma doesn't have a say-so in the city. That's right. We've taken over all of it. We're naming your son. It's it's out of your hands now, and it's just done. All right, 613 on News Talk 1110 WBT. Traffic check on a uh, Tuesday morning. Here's Boomer Von Cannon. I was playing Peebo Bryce, and I'm turning on the lava lamp. That's right. Right. That lava lamp going now, baby. Peebo, an underrated bow. Hey, hey, Boomer, give us that traffic on the quiet storm. The quiet storm. Everything smooth and groovy. (laughs) Okay, don't do that anymore. Peebo Bryce from Greenville, South Kakalaki. Really? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Really? Uh Uh-huh. See, I was today years old when I learned that. <laughs> That's what this show is for, Beth. Right. I didn't know who Peebo Bryson was until they let him where he's from. What well, his friends call him Clyde. <laughs> you can call me RJJ. Or you can call me. Take you wonder by wonder Over sideways and under On a magic carpet ride 
It wasn't Beauty and the Beast. That's Aladdin. Did Peebo Bryson sing Beauty and the Beast too? Is Peebo on everything from the 90s? <laughs> this is a whole new world from Aladdin. I forgot this was Peebo. Peebo was my childhood, and I'm very that I did not know who he was. Well, here's the thing. Do we know who the woman was in this one? Yes, that's, of course, Regina Bell. Regina. Oh, of course. Of course. It's Regina. <laughs> Inside. That's not me. Inside. <laughs> this is what is so great to learn about Peebo Bryson. It's like um, we're getting Peebo Bryson t- trivia this morning. All the things I needed to know about Peebo. I'm like Bernie. It's like I've been hearing all these songs. I didn't even know who it was. I'm sure at some point in my life I knew the name Peebo Bryson, but I lost it. Well, he was, I mean, he was the guy that kind of showed up on every 90s movie soundtrack because the the When I Fall in Love song that I woke up to, which wasn't Peebo, <laughs> which I still in my brain think is Peebo. It's not Beauty and the Beast. was Sleepless in Seattle. That was from Sleepless in Seattle. Isn't that too? No. Oh. That we thought it was him. It's Clive Burris. Oh, we're at the Clives. What was, what was Back to the Clives. <laughs> Griffin. <laughs> people's kind of like, like the Burt Bacharach of the 90s. He's in everything. He was in everything. But that's one of my favorite things to know is like, like Bernie just said, Peebo Bryson was the soundtrack of his youth and he had no idea. I'm with you, dude. No idea. I have well, probably because if all of his stuff was from soundtracks, people would just say, like, this is from the Aladdin soundtrack. Nobody said Peebo Bryson and Regina Bell. I think he needs a better agent. Like, this guy had no marketing. <laughs> Nobody knew him. The kids well, need to know about Peebo. We didn't I, we, have, I knew. We knew. We all did. <laughs> grown-ups. We didn't have social media back then to, you know, share all of this with. Which leads me to a question. Do you guys remember when... <laughs> that's... <laughs> I thought he was shushing us. Do you guys know how we all knew the same weird jokes and the same, like, urban legend stories? How did we all know the same things when we didn't have social media to share these things? It's not like we were all watching TikTok videos, but we all sang, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. Right. You know, like like Pinocchio. And we would say, like, Batman, don't forget Robin. You know, like, we all did that. It was all before Mandela. I think it's Flat Stanley making its way across the nation. Is that what it was? Just people just sending Flat Stanleys everywhere, learning about other... But kids did play like all the same games growing up, like outdoors and stuff like that, like yeah. universally. So yeah. it's like, how do we all, how do we share that information? Yeah. Did we write letters and put stamps and mail them? Did we mail, <laughs> did we mail <laughs> dad mail jokes instructions to each other? <laughs> did we mail like playground <laughs> tricks to each other? How did we know? How did we all know the same I mean, things? TV for sure was a shared experience because I'm older than you, but we had three or four channels. <laughs> so it's like, you know, back then, like, we all had the same TV experiences because that was all there was. So. Right. So but we beyond all... that, I don't, the other stuff you're talking about. I was about to say advertising, I feel like. You haven't even been. noticed, have you? You're just talking, talking, talking. Is it Beauty and, and the Beast? Is it Peebo? Peebo. It Peebo. was Peebo. Peebo and Celine. Heck of a transition, though. Little baby Peebo. <laughs> See? I feel good about the name Peebo for you. Um, it's growing on me. Do you know what is so If you don't great? name your kid that, we're naming you that. <laughs> You're Peebo. Do you guys know? It's, it's the Bo and Peebo show. <laughs> no, not Beth. Bernie's Peebo. Did you, you just cut, cut Beth right out. <laughs> Bo, Beth, and Peebo. <laughs> so this, the best part about this 
When this song was playing, which actually only played in the credits um, of the movie, but because the teapot, which was Angela see, Lansbury. See, we all finally came back to the teapot. To the teapot. Angela Lansbury actually sang the song in the cartoon itself, in the scene where Beauty and the Beast are dancing in a gigantic library. And that has been my life goal ever since I saw that movie. Not to dance in a library, but to have... Oh, I, thought, I truly thought that was your goal. <laughs> to have a library. I want a library that looks like the Beast's library. I thought you did kind of have a library. Like, I have like a, a wall of bookshelves. Bookshelf. Many yeah. leather-bound books. <laughs> is that Angela Lansbury? <laughs> no, this is the guy from This is the guy from Law & Order. Yeah, but... That An- was the dad from Dirty Dancing. Oh, wait, Angela's in here, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Heaven's sakes, is that a spot? That's what she says. <laughs> I know every word to every song. Boy, it is, it is a chore keeping up with you today. <laughs> I know. As soon as I said, I was like, oh, that's Aladdin. I didn't realize Peabody Bryson was Aladdin. And then I saw you getting stressed out, worried about Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Just lean into it now. Oh, my gosh. What's so, this guy's name? The dad from uh, the dad from from uh, Dirty Dancing. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Orbach. Orbach. Yeah. Jerry Orbach. That's right. He was in Dirty Dancing. Yeah, he was the dad. Wow. Well, and he's the candle. He's, he's the on, dirty He's candle. on Law and Order. He right? was Law and Order. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nineties, eighties, and nineties trivia brought to you by Peebo Bowls. Peebles. Be our guest today. <laughs> Peebles. Thanks for joining us this morning, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> That's the news. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I had this on the bulletin board. Uh, I, we may get to it by, like, Vince Coakley's show today, yeah, yeah, the way the yeah. show is going. But Why are we in such a rabbit hole? Well, I mean, that's because that's what we do. That is exactly what we <laughs> We're do. actually very on brand. But um, we never got to this yesterday, and and, uh, and and there was a lot going on. But uh, this was the talk of much of the sports world yesterday uh, because of what happened on Saturday. And it's the latest time. It's not the first time. It's the latest time. It won't be the last time. Or will it be the last time that uh, a college campus uh, storms the court? And this happened at Wake Forest uh, in the Duke game. And so uh, I think you all know what happened now. Uh, one of the players for Duke got uh, – quote-unquote injured. He's sore. We don't know exactly what the extent of it is. Now, John Shire, the coach of the Blue Devils, talked about it yesterday in his press conference a couple days later. You shouldn't wait until next year or something should be done right now. And look, I'm pretty sure we're the we're one of the only leagues that a fine isn't given out if your students rush the floor. Uh, we played in Arkansas in a big-time game early this year. If you go back and look at that game, Arkansas, there's a rope, security, like nobody could touch us. And their students still rush the floor. And so, one, there's a way to do it if it's going to happen. But then, two, there should be penalties if the students do do it. You know, end of the day, the courts, the court players and, and coaches and, and officials are the only people that belong on a court. And uh, so, yes, something should be done now. Like immediately. So, um, and and this was all over the place yesterday. Anybody who worked in sports media had an opinion, but Kyle Filipowski is sore. We'll see whether or not he plays against Louisville uh, tomorrow night. But um, we haven't. I haven't heard from you on this yet. I think it's one of those things where it's existed my entire life. It's not a new phenomenon, and so now, to me, it's no different than it's ever been before. I don't think they'll. I think they couldn't. They do. Again, some conferences fine. The SEC fined LSU 100000 when they beat Kentucky. So you can find and make kind of a statement about it, but I don't think you can stop it. I think you physically can stop it with enough security, but I think they like it. I think TV likes it. I think the NCAA likes it. 
It's uh, it's a big part of their marketing is that that rush of fans going on the court. They do it in football games where they tear down goalposts. Yeah. Uh, so to me, it's just part of the culture of sports. And um, I think, yeah, it's obviously a safety issue. There have been players that could be hurt, but honestly, Caitlin Clark wasn't hurt. I don't think Filipowski's hurt. I think he got dinged a little bit, but they didn't even do an MRI. Coach said it was an ankle, it was a knee. So I think it was a little bit that's of an exaggeration an, with the injury part of it. That's an excellent point. Where was it? Tennessee a few years ago, where not only did they rush the field, but they got the goalpost and they dumped it in the river? It was last year. <laughs> it was the game against Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. So I this mean. is not new. This is not a new thing. And John Shire, all these guys are complaining. They lived it. I mean, he, how many times at Cameron did they probably storm a court at some point? When they beat Carolina or whatever, and he was a player, so it's just it's it's there. And again, yeah, you do open it up for injury could happen. So God forbid that happens, but it's been going on for at least fifty, sixty years. This is not a new thing. Like I think I was talking to our buddy Joe Mitchell, Clemson. I think they storm the court every game. It's like a thing. That's what they just no, truly they do. I and so t- just you know, just do it. You know, hopefully with some restraint where they're not running into players or whatever. We need to carry this on more because he's right. Like I was thinking about this because everybody's done it. I mean, we used to do it at, at Carolina back in back in my day. Mm-hmm. We did it too. And is it? Did people not get injured? Was it because we? Could see people coming toward us. I mean, what? <laughs> well, you gotta be. I hate to say, as a player, you gotta be a little head on a swivel because it, it's it's coming. Yeah. So it's like you know, there's only gonna be five there on the floor. They can protect the bench and the coaching area and all that. But the five on the floor, I hate to say, you do have to be a little cognizant and run to your bench at right, the end right, right. because they're coming. Could we just, blame phones for this? I mean, not because they're looking at their phones, but because we've been they're t- been taught to look at phones that their peripheral vision isn't as good. I think. No, I see what you're saying. That's, I thought you meant every kid storming the floor <laughs> had their phones so they could like things. They show the video of it. And then I'm thinking, thinking about what you said about Clemson. He goes, our, our our team rushes the court after every game, even if we lose. You know that kind of means that you're not very good. Beth yeah. rushed the court after every game, just hugging a player. I just hugged people. You know, yeah. I did hug people. <laughs> this is not a new phenomenon, guys. I know it's hard to believe. Hey, Marcus, you know, one time she slid between a dude's legs, so that happened. <laughs> that was because it was icy. The campus was icy. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a hockey game. Those right? were her frat girl days. <laughs> no, I was never a frat girl. I was in an acapella group. Do you think I was cool? Isn't it called a sorority? You were in a singing sorority. <laughs> frat girl. No, there were girls and guys in that group. Animal right. house. Yeah. yeah. Lambda, lambda, lambda. And Omega Moon. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right. Jump up. Get it. Hey. Yeah, we're talking about the storming of the Wake Forest court on Saturday by the Wake Forest fans after beating Duke. Of course, this is not the first time. It's the latest time. Player got uh, roughed up a little bit, Kyle Filipowski. Uh, He's their center. He's one of their key players, and uh, he's sore. We'll see if he plays against Louisville this week, but... uh, I'm getting Zoki's thoughts on this, and uh, it's been the talk of the sports world, or one of the things. Uh, when you're not talking about Cam Newton taking on uh, seven 
There's a little source today, yeah. too, from uh, <laughs> well, people storming him at a 7-on-7 <laughs> children's event. I saw T-Bone uh, over at FNZ Post last night. He said uh, what they should have done is put Cam Newton on the court at the end of the game and see how many people he can fend off. <laughs> As he draws his sword, and they all come charging at him. <laughs> and his top hat stays in place. That's right. It uh, was a witch hat. It was so not a hair. top hat. There's a hole in the hat. It's his hair. It looked like he looked like the witch from Wicked. Except when, he wasn't so again, there, there are just times in life where I say, if we could hear ourselves talking back then, you know, his MVP season when he was, you know, t- you know just tearing up the NFL. If you could fast forward in, to us in 2024 talking about Cam Newton <laughs> fending off all comers in his top hat. <laughs> what, what are we even talking about? Maybe that's like uh, his Samson's hair, like his hat is his superpower that just sort of energizes <gasps> Oh, him. look at you referencing the Bible. Do yes. you? <laughs> Cam Newton to the Bible. That was a Give me back old, my hat. <laughs> that's my hat. <laughs> busy, busy, busy. Let's go to the phone line and welcome Chris. Chris, you're on Good Morning Beat. <laughs> it's from Frosty and the Snowman. I know, I know. <laughs> hey, hey, Chris. Good morning, my brothers and sisters from another mother. Oh, hey, hey Chris, you're my what are you like? Uncle, yes, cousin, <laughs> brother from another mother. I always like to say my sister from another mister too. That's my other one. Yeah, it's not a good time for that. One. <laughs> Before I make the comment on Duke, I want to say I was listening to you guys Saturday, and my attention span is real short. You guys played like four, four or five songs before you came back <laughs> on the topic about married couples sleeping in separate rooms. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was I was wanting to comment on that because <laughs> I sleep with a CPAP. Oh, because yeah. you sleep with a CPAP. <laughs> yeah, the, the the algorithm the oh, algorithm is a little different over there. We we uh, we're still getting used to it as well. But I I appreciate that you followed us over there. And if you don't know what Chris is talking about, we have a new Saturday morning show on one oh seven nine or Mix one oh seven nine, and uh, so that's cool. Thank you. Yeah, Chris, we love you. Was there a Sarah Bareilles song mixed in there? <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but about Duke, uh, Joe and Shia. I need to ask him, do he need some cheese with that wine? Oh! <laughs> oh. You, wait, you just went all Carolina on him. Oh! <laughs> because he, he, he wouldn't whine and when they stormed the court when they beat Clemson, he was out there jumping up and down with them. Exactly. Back in his playing days, all of that. They've all lived through that. There's no way. And Philip, he had plenty of time to get off the court, but he was pouting as he was walking off the court, if you look at the video. Didn't didn't Roy Williams used to take his players, his starters, out of the game when they were? You do have to anticipate sometimes. Yeah. Uh, John Shire was yeah. asked that question. Yeah. He, he thought they could still win because it was like a four point game, so that's why he didn't. Suck. That's a good. But point. he also made a good point. Like, do you, did, do, you, do you value other human lives less than you put the backup players? Well, no, there? I know. Well, <laughs> that's true too. But here's the other thing, and it has to be said. Like, w- w- the, the wake for like. This is going to happen again. We know it's going to happen again. I don't think it's going to go in anywhere for a variety of reasons. But, you know, uh, Wake Forest should have anticipated this a little better because if you look at some of the footage, uh, you've got students that are going onto the court before the game clock even has ticked down all the way. That's a problem. Like, I, the court storming thing is going to happen yep. in college sports. But I do think uh, they probably could have done a bit more to anticipate what was basically, you know, you could see the writing on the wall with enough time at the end that game that this was going to be an upset, right? Mm. At least speed bump mm. it to where the game is over and the players give them 10 seconds to get off the court and then have at it. That's what I would say. And 
uh, we've seen enough games where I hold like a rope between the different security people. Just hold them back and go, hey, hang on 10 seconds, and then you can go out there. Or we could just tell all students, count to five Mississippi. Right. Yeah, it's like watching you your run. happy birthday song or something. <laughs> could you hear the, the, the PA guy? You know, five, four, three, two, one. Have at it, folks. Run, <laughs> storm the field. Do as you will. <laughs> I do right. want to clarify because I get something wrong every single day, and uh, Joe uh, corrected this to Clemson football, not basketball games where they storm. The field, the field every the game field. out of the court. Yeah, I thought he was talking about basketball, so I heard him wrong, as I often do. Mm-hmm. Hear people wrong. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. the should go to Levine hearing. Also, <laughs> the the, the field. Uh, also, Eddie Vedder does not own uh, the Eddie V's Eddie account. Ticket. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite one. I do not like this. I do not like it one bit. Wendy's. Doing something that uh, I feel like once you rip off the scab on this one, it's going to it's gonna be everywhere. I feel like this should be in our when is enough enough file. So, do we have that file? I just created it. <laughs> well, this is, uh, this is not something that's a foreign concept in certain parts of the market but when it comes to uh fast food this is going to be this is not going to sit well with a lot of you it doesn't uh-uh. sit well with me I like I, I i still have a problem and i know i know it's their prerogative to do it and it's their right to do it and you can choose to go on that road if you want to but when i'm coming down i-77 on the way home and the toll lane changes based on how heavy the traffic is you know that's kind of like you know when I was coming the other way, it was half of this. And now the, the traffic is congested, so you're going to bump up the price. Yes, thank you. This is exactly <laughs> what I thought of. This is why we work so well together, because I thought, oh, my Lord, fast food is becoming the fast lane, the fast pass lane, that certain times of the day, they might charge you more because I get annoyed at that darn toll lane mm-hmm. every day. Sometimes I sit in traffic. Just to protest. <laughs> I'm the only one suffering. I get it. I'm the only one I suffering. I don't go up that way. What, what is <laughs> the price makes no difference? Sense. I know. I know. How much does it change? It changes a ton. So when I drive in in the morning, I mean, granted, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. It's like 80 cents. Mm-hmm. But it, it changes from exit to exit. So during rush hour, you could pay like $5.50 to go from exit 23 to exit 25. No. Yeah. yeah. I actually didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if I wanted to get on the fast lane during rush hour, it would cost me a lot of money to get home every uh, single day if I did that every single day. I just weigh whether the $5 is worth my mental anguish or not for well, that yeah. day. Like, am I feeling, am I feeling it today? Well, am yeah. I got a short fuse? I'm just going to hit the toll lane. I'll pay the 5 bucks. It's, well, it's worth it for me. Bernie, you're going to have to weigh mental anguish now when it comes to fast food, That's not just your fast pass. Beginning as early as 2025, Wendy's will begin testing a variety of enhanced features. Enhanced. Says who? Uh, on digital menu boards like dynamic pricing. Different offerings in certain parts of the day, AI-enabled menu changes, and suggestive selling based on factors such as weather. Dynamic pricing can allow Wendy's to be competitive and flexible with pricing, motivate customers to visit, and provide them with the food they love at a great value. They'll test a number of features, and this includes... Different prices at different times of the day based on demand. Yes. So this is according to their CEO, Kirk Tanner. He sounds like somebody. <laughs> I love the way you what said a name, Kirk, Kirk Tanner. Tanner. <laughs> if, if, we ever, if we ever come back from a break and she says, I'm Beth Troutman with Bo Thompson, that's my cue to get out of here. That was Kirk 
Tanner sounds like somebody who would come up with this. He sounds like a punchable face guy. Kirk Tanner. And I didn't even, I I buried the lead. They're calling it surge pricing. Surge pricing. And they're doing this. That guy, surge pricing. (laughs) (laughs) Surge pricing. (laughs) They're doing this because they've seen the success that, 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 like Uber has had because, you know, Uber will charge more for a ride if it's during peak hours. Just like the fast lane charges more during peak hours. So they are investing. So they're doing this to increase their profit margins, which I get, but they're investing $20 million to create digital menus in their drive through so that mm-hmm. the prices can easily change. So they're spending $20 million. Why don't you save that $20 million and keep the prices where they are is my suggestion, Kirk. See, Tanner. <laughs> Kirk Tanner. See, I, now I've been to the drive-through. I went to drive-through over the weekend at McDonald's, and I pulled up, and, and they have this sleek, big digital message board, and it flashes your your order up there. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of that's 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 pretty slick looking. I didn't think about, and and you think about this. This could be a scenario now based on what they're saying at Wendy's. You could pull up in the drive-through line, and you know you're close enough to see. The menu uh-huh. and the guy in front of you is ordering it. What if you pulled up behind him and that guy made his order just at the cutoff from when the dynamic pricing changes? Right. And he paid, you know, he paid three bucks for his, uh, what do you call him there? Uh, it's uh, the Baconator. The Biggie Burger. The Biggie Burger, yeah. Know, is that, is that a thing? You know who you sound like now? You sound like Michael Douglas, that character, <laughs> when he walks into the McDonald's, he wants breakfast, but they just quit <laughs> doing breakfast. And he like, goes off on the whole McDonald's. Well, but- this is going to cause a whole new level of road rage, because if that guy cut you off in the parking lot, and then suddenly oh. you're paying a dollar more Well, forget for the, the cutting off part. He's just by ver- he's in front of you, and his burger is two bucks less than yours is, just because you were behind him at, at the wrong time. Well, it gives the it gives the restaurant the discretion the choice like if suddenly there's a long line at the drive-thru like oh wait this is peak hours you know and so then they change was that kirk tanner voice <laughs> that's what i think hey guys kirk tanner here no, wait, wait, had a video on beth when wait, she did that no, face no, no. and impression kirk tanner would have said it's peak hours <laughs> it's peak hours guys we're charging five dollars more for your biggie meal surge pricing but so this isn't i just let's feel like... go inside to the super bar <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. So if Kirk Tanner brings back the Super Bar, he can grow uh, he can grow back into my affection because the Super Bar yeah. is a very missed yeah. thing. That's, I, when, he, no that's when he becomes Kirk Tanner. That's when he's Kirk Tanner. <laughs> Kirk well, Tanner, CEO. He listens to people Bryson in his car. <laughs> Wouldn't people just try to gain the system and figure out hey, when, when peak hours are not? Yeah, but then the, it the changes the peak prices. hours. Because oh, I would just I would just play cat and mouse with him. I'm, I'm then, coming when it's cheapest. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, but you don't control when that line is crossed. I'll That's the problem. It. I'll figure it out. Do they lower the prices? There could ever, be a guy inside. Okay. There could be a guy inside just waiting for Bernie. Right. I'm going to toy with Bernie. Just looking for you I don't because like this. he sees you every day. But yes, so Jim so just, just asked. Former just radio wear, a, wear a fake mustache the next day. Jim just asked about like, do the prices go down ever? Yeah, you're yeah. not. So I'm, I'm Peebo. but not back to normal price. I mean, do they go below normal price? Yeah, you know when it's cheaper? It's when those fries have been sitting in the basket for a hundred <laughs> years and they're all. Like stale and you they taste joke, like feet. You joke, Kirk Ooh. Tanner, but you're right. Yeah. They could do that too. This is the dark side of dar- well. There's no light side of uh, <laughs> of dynamic pricing, but that that I wasn't even thinking about it from that standpoint. Yeah. Do you know when they need to they need to get rid of that that burger yeah. that might have been sitting there too long? Oh, it's only fifty cents now. 
give it away. I'd be afraid of that one. Right. Be afraid of the burger. But then to Bernie's point, because some people are going to try to go to get their fix, their Wendy's fix, when the prices are lower. But does that mean that it's going to be that, that, you know, when fries taste like they've been under your car seat for a while? You know how your car smells if you leave fries in it and sometimes fries taste like that? Just go with the bow. <laughs> No, what are we all thinking? We're thinking of Beth finding the fry going, hmm, see how this tastes. <laughs> but, but you know what? Like, you clean your car, right? I mean, sometimes you do it with the backing yourself at the place. It's like, I found chicken nuggets there. It's like the dude who found the McDonald's burger 14 years later. Was yes. still it's like, that chicken nugget is not turned to color. It still looks chicken nugget color. It looks colored. like a chicken I'm nugget. I'm like going, that's a little worrisome that it still looks like now that, out of the box. That would be some dynamic pricing. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. From News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, this is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. News Talk 1110-993, WBT. Most years I can say this is the penultimate day of February, but not this year. Not this year. Because we have an extra day, and you know what happens when they build in an extra day to the year? Brent Jensen has a cigar night, which is coming up on Thursday night. He's going to have, it's going to be like the election year. Every four years, we're going to send Brett Jensen to a cigar bar. <laughs> Do you know why they have leap year? Do you guys know this? Because it actually takes 365 and a quarter days for the Earth to make it around the sun. So every four years, they add a day to try to, to even out the actual Earth's trip around the sun. Oh. Did you all know this? I didn't even know the Brett Jensen cigar thing until you just said it just now. <laughs> really? No. I had not heard that. Oh, well, um, I'm That's glad. That's a thing? It is. Every four years, he smokes a cigar? Oh, <laughs> there's a big event. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like on Groundhog the, Day. On the 29th. It's uh, the, well, this is for the benefit of Jim Zoki and maybe some others who haven't heard about this yet. WBT's Cigar Club Meetup. First one of 2024 is happening Thursday night, 6 to 9, at the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia. Just heard about this. Yeah. Okay. Brett That's will, his home uh, area, Gastonia. Is. You can watch him host Breaking with Brett Jensen live. You can browse premium cigar brands, including Cohiba. Long Ashes. <laughs> you can enjoy giveaways and specials courtesy of The Vintage. It's WBT Cigar Club, Thursday, February 29th. Seating is limited, so lock in your reservation today. Email cigar at WBT. Dot com for reservations. Nice. Did not know that. Yeah. I should listen more. It's a, and it's happening on, on, on Leap Day, the day that is designed every four years to help And now I know why that happened, too. Regulate the earth. Can't they just slow the earth down and make it just you know, sink up better? They've been trying. <laughs> long ashes to you, too, Jimbo. See, I knew, I knew Bo would get the long ashes. We had this you, weekend program for Cigar Dave, right? For yeah. years and years on WBT. Do you know what it made me think of? It made me think of uh, that movie Sixteen Candles from the '80s, when the the in-laws are staying at the house for the the the, the wedding, and she keeps smoking a cigarette while she's cooking breakfast, and mm-hmm. the ladies following her around <laughs> with a spatula trying to catch the ashes. <laughs> no, is that it, just me? No, no, no. I, don't, I didn't see it. <laughs> it's actually fitting that you mentioned that because today is going to be the first installment of Weekdays at Bernie's, because oh. Bernie watched his first assignment. It was not. It, it was, was not 16, 16 Candles. That could be one we could send you toward, though, Bernie. I'll have to watch that with Emma. Did right? you assign the movie, or did Bernie get to pick it? Or? We assigned it, assigned because it. 
because at the end of one of the Super Bowl commercials, there was an Arnold. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger was in one at the very end. State Farm, yeah. It was Danny DeVito at the end, and uh, we of course got the reference at the end. I know Jim did, but yep. Bernie it went right over Bernie's head. He just so. thought it was cool that Danny DeVito was there. <laughs> Love Danny DeVito. And by the way, Brett Jensen's got a Thursday night cigar event. Yes. Oh, I didn't yeah, know. Just let, let <laughs> Thanks, you know. Just to plan your calendar. <laughs> Thank up. you. Long ashes. <laughs> <laughs> to you and yours. So later on, uh, Bernie watched, or he. Or later on, we will talk about Bernie's watching experience yesterday. He tweeted some of this, but you watched Twins. I did. It was. Mm-hmm. I'll just. I'll you know what the funny save part it. about that I'll is? Save it. The I'll funny save part it. is that Arnold and Danny look nothing alike. So that's kind of ironic. I thought they looked similar. <laughs> yeah. Like in build, in terms of height. That's the whole humor weight. part is that they're mm-hmm. not. It's like looking looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, this is leftover from last segment. We were talking about uh, Wendy's uh, introducing dynamic pricing, which in short means kind of like the toll lanes out on, on 77, they can change the price. Based given, on demand. Based on demand. And so, do you know whose idea it was? Yes. Kirk Tanner, <laughs> the CEO of Wendy's. Let's go to Kirk. <laughs> Let's go to Kirk on line two. Welcome to Good Morning BT, Kirk. Is this Kirk Tanner? Good morning, BT Squared. Oops, let me turn that down. Uh, yeah, first of all, you know, I've been driving since one thirty, and it's 5. I turn you guys on when I'm passing back to Greensboro, and I hear a song that's an elephant dart to the public's face. That aside, <laughs> I had to take umbrage as the national spokesman for dudes named Kirk to defend this Kirk Tanner guy. I don't know him. I only know about a handful of other Kirks. I don't know James T. Kirk, but I know a couple other Kirks. But uh, I'm a, I'm a, I feel a need. I don't know this guy. He's probably a jerk. I don't know, but I feel the need to come to his defense in some fashion. This is what you call Kirk solidarity. You're standing in solidarity exactly. with the other Kirks. Even the Kirk who's coming up with changing menu prices based on the time of day. Well, I mean, as a fan of Wendy's Chili, I might be tempted to no longer partake. There you go. And what if they only give you the cheap chili with the day-old hamburger meat in it because they're that trying to get chili. rid of it? That's what chili <laughs> That's is. What yeah, it is. I learned that from Garrett. Yeah, I learned that from Garrett. Yeah, we, all, we, we covered this already. Yeah, having been in the Navy, you might have uh, roast beef one day at sea, and then all of a sudden you got chili the next five days. Well, gee, I wonder where that meat came from. <laughs> the question is, is so, are you going to be charged differently for it at different times of the day, Kirk? Can you do something well, about this? Yeah, not go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> call, your, call your boy Kirk and tell him. Call your boy Kirk and tell him that he's not going to make more money for Wendy's by doing this because people are going to boycott. Yeah, I'll have to go, hey, Kirk, this is Kirk. <laughs> Knock it off. How's that? Would that work? That will totally work. And just really quickly, what was the Dart to the Face song? Was it the Peabody uh, Bryson? Well, I like Peabody Bryson, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm about Zilke's age, so I know who he is. But uh, uh, that first song he played was like, oh, my God, I'm sitting here. I, I got up at 1 o'clock this morning for a 4 a.m. delivery. In Reedsville, which, by the way, there's some genius up there because across the street from Lowe's is an urgent care with a liquor store right next door. Oh, the places uh, you go, Kirk. Yeah, I know. Well, rabbit holes. But I'm not <laughs> bad about the ADD thing. but uh, You are our people, uh, Kirk. I already forgot what I was talking about. See what I mean? Oh, um, we were to. Oh, it was the, the song. Probably the song. Was it the When I Fall in Love oh, yeah. song? That first one that came on, I'm like. Uh, I know I didn't miss the show because I heard Garrison's news report right before then. I don't remember what it was, but I'm like, oh, my God, this is like 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock oh. in the morning. You're playing this? Wait, wait, Kirk, something's drowning you out. I'm sorry. I don't know what this is. What could this be? 
And weirdly, no other Peebos called in today, just Kirk's. You know what, Kirk? Yeah. I wish I could control the song that is in my brain when I wake up. Today's today's is a doozy. <laughs> well, it could have been something worse. could have been Mr. Crowley or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You know who I blame? I blame for the song in your head? I blame a different Kirk. <laughs> Kirk Thank Tanner. You. Not this Kirk. Is not, not this Kirk. What you should say is, not this time, Con. Kirk, what is, what's your last name? Or do you want to tell me? Because I'll say it in a nice voice. No, well, my last, have you ever heard of Senator Roush? I have the same last name as him. So we love you, Kirk Roush. Yeah. (laughs) That was her sexy voice, by the way, if you couldn't pick up on it. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he didn't pick up on it. (laughs) It's because I don't actually have one. Well, let's crank up some Peebo Bryson behind it. Maybe that'll make it more sexy. I probably turned into your hype band, like, trying to explain. That was her sexy voice. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this right, Bernie? Kirk, by the way, thank you for calling. We appreciate it. We love you, Kirk. Uh, Is this who I think it is? Is this Barry on line one? Barry, are you there? You got that right. Oh, what's going on, Barry? (laughs) I'm telling you now, I've been on hold for 30 minutes, (laughs) and you haven't stopped me laughing the whole time. Well, wait a minute. There's other ways of listening to the show than that. <laughs> oh, no, it didn't have anything to do with the show. It's you two idiots. <laughs> wait a minute. Idiots? Yep. Nailed it. Well, you're, you're idiots in a very, very good way. Okay. Oh, cool, cool, the, cool. The good kind of idiots. Yeah. Like the village idiots. <laughs> oh, my God. But, but, now, but now, listen, I was talking to a buddy of mine at the American Legion the other day, talking about you guys. And he said, well, I don't know what they're smoking, but whatever it is, I want something. <laughs> oh, Barry. Do you know what it is, Barry? It's all the hugging that I force them to do. It releases endorphins. It's as good as smoking something. Just hug people. It's probably the asbestos in the building. Uh, well, I'll be gone. <laughs> I thought you were talking about her hugs. <laughs> Barry, are you a fan of Peebo Bryson? You know I don't. I'm not even familiar with it. Okay, good answer. I love it when we're talking about something and then it appears on, you know, the morning TV shows. Yeah, because they, I think they all listen to us so that they can get a gauge on what they should be talking about. Well, Brian Kilmeade, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we got, you know, we got GMA and uh, all the other ones on the on the screens in here, too. So we'll see if they follow suit. But uh, yeah, 704-570-1110. Uh, we're going to completely turn the conversation on its head now, okay? Uh, we've had some fun for the first uh, hour or so of the show. We like to have fun. Uh, you guys know that if you listen to us. We also are not afraid to talk about things that are uh, much more in a serious vein. And uh, you'll understand why I say this uh, in a minute. But there's a story. Um, there's actually a bu- several examples of this. There was a story I saw the other day about how the members, the, the living members of Queen are considering going on tour at some point with a, with a hologram of Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember several years back, there was an award show that had a hologram performance by Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, this hologram technology. You can also uh, parlay this into what we talked about last week with this new video where Billy Joel uses AI technology 
and what I think is the the most effective use of it maybe that I've ever seen. Zoki and I were talking about this the day the video was released for his new song, and it shows a de-aged Billy Joel over the years singing his new song, but singing in different eras. So it looks like the 70s, Billy yeah, Joel starts singing yeah. it, then it moves through the 80s and through the 90s. But my point here is the AI technology is getting so sophisticated now, and Teresa Payton talks about deep fake technology, that it's getting really, really hard now to determine what's real and what's fake and what's put together based on technology using past video and audio. Now, in this latest headline really, really hit my heart, and it hit my heart especially today, and I'll, I'll explain why. This is from New Scientist. And this is the headline, Resurrecting Loved Ones as AI Ghosts. It may soon be possible to recreate the persona of someone who has died by training an artificial intelligence platform with their, using their emails and their texts. But is this a good idea? Now, this popped up, and I thought this was um, an incredibly strange headline to pop up at exactly the moment in my life when it popped up. Because today, for me, February 27th, marks eight years since my mother passed away from ovarian cancer. So on this day, eight years ago, I was living at my parents' home, and I was my mother's caretaker in the final weeks of her life. So on this day, eight years ago, I was holding my mother's hand as she took her final breath. And for anyone who has lost a loved one at any point in time, the the, the the marker, the day that that happens is always something I think that lives in your heart and in your mind and brings back memories every every year when that, that day passes because it's hard to believe how much time has passed, even though, you know, life has changed so much in the time since that person's passing. And I, of course, on this day every year get emotional and wish that I could have a conversation with my mom. I wish that I could tell her about how much life has changed. I wish I could explain how happy I am to be in this room with you gentlemen every single day, something that eight years ago would never even have been in, you know, my life plan. And, you know, the beautiful things that that have come in my life in the last eight years and, and how many of those things she helped bring into my life. All of those things are things that I, I wish I could say to my mom. I wish I could hear new words from her. I have saved voicemails and things on, from her. And on a day like this, I often listen to them. But when I saw this headline pop up, I thought it was so strange that it would pop up on a day like today in, in the history of my life because this day is so important to me. But I don't think that it's something I would do, would be able to do. And I, like I said, I have saved voicemails. I have saved emails, um, saved, you know, Facebook messages, things like that, that my mom wrote. So I could technically, if this technology exists, which, you know, they're saying that this is the, the new thing that, that might be available, could definitely do it. But I don't know that it would be a thing that would be good for my, my mind or my heart. So I thought it was a fascinating thing to think that someone created this. And I would imagine that someone who created this is probably someone who's lost someone special and was, you know, 
coming up with this concept to probably you know ease their own pain that's my thought i don't know that that's the truth but i have been thinking about this headline nonstop because i couldn't believe that it came on today's date for me i i want to say this again just so you all know um, that you you sent me the story, yes, and you also gave the context of the day. Yes. So this is not something that um, that I'm bringing up uh, unbeknownst to you. Right, right. We knew we were going to talk about this and the fact that today is that anniversary for you. But I I was giving those examples because that's where we may be five years down the line. Right. We may be at a point where somebody can talk to a hologram of someone in their life that has passed on. If you look at how technology is going, you could you could see how uh, technology might make that jump. But we are very close to, if not there right now, and that's the that's the crux of this story right here. From new scientists. And the, the question is, like, you know, if I did this with my mom, for me, it's the, the soul. The soul is what you feel when you communicate with another human being. You feel their soul. And AI so- doesn't have a soul. And so what is possible right now with AI is that using old recordings mm-hmm. of your loved one, mm-hmm. uh, using old emails of your loved one, the AI can create new emails and texts so that you could essentially have a conversation with an AI version of someone in your life that passed on. And uh, now you have to be the judge as to whether or not when that actually happens or you have to make the decision to actually go down that road in the first place but when you get there you'd have to make that decision as to whether or not it seems real or lifelike but the point is we're there now where this technology exists and the base question is would you want to do that would you and that's the question that's the crux of this new scientist article the technology is there but is it a good idea And I have not been able to stop thinking about it because of what this day represents to me. 704-570-1110. We're curious uh, if you had the opportunity to do this, would you want to do this? Um, Because technology suggests that we're there. The possibility exists. But this is uncharted territory. And it's a whole new level. And it's a whole new level of, of dealing with grief and whether or not this would be a good way to deal with grief because as I always say grief never goes away you just learn how to build a bigger life around the hole that is left in your heart when that love leaves which is what you're doing today and now and every day and I appreciate you being transparent enough to talk about your own particular anniversary here um, as it relates to this story because it's a fascinating concept Mm. Um, Mm. and it may be a concept that uh, some of you want nothing no part of I understand it but then some may may want it yeah whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Bit of a heavy subject here on Good Morning BT. Tuesday, February 27th. Now, this is a... This is not just any day to Beth Troutman. This is a very significant significant day in your life. Yeah, this, um, we were talking about it last segment. Today is eight years since my mother passed away from ovarian cancer. So eight years ago today, I was um, at my parents' home. I, was, I lived there for the last uh, six weeks of her life to, to care for her. And um, I was 
holding her hand when she took her final breath. So every day when this day comes around, I think of the memories of what that day was like that entire day. She passed away in the evening on uh, on February 27th of 2016. And, um, you know, on, on this day, I think anyone who has ever lost anyone, anyone thinks about the the significance of the day. They probably remember the day, but also think about all of the things that they would like to say to that person, all of the things that have happened since they lost that person, since that person left the earth, um, just to, you know, share the, the love, the, the hole that is left in your heart when the love is taken away from you. I felt like all the love in the world was sucked out of the world when my mom passed away. I just felt like all the love was suddenly gone. And I have always said to people that grief stays with you. Grief doesn't go away. It's that hole is there. You just learn how to build a bigger life around it. And many of you listening, I mean, we all deal with, with loss in our lives. And many of you can probably think of uh, uh Days that are similar to what Beth is experiencing today, because we lose loved ones and it's part of life. What if I told you, though, that through the power of AI technology, you could have a semblance of a conversation with someone who has passed on by using artificial intelligence, using emails and texts and even voicemails? Uh, you know, we've we've heard technology that takes we even tried it on the show one time, plugging, you know, tapes of us into this AI mechanism. And it's it's imperfect right now, but I think we can all see the writing on the wall or hear it, that eventually it's going to get better. And someday, you can imagine, uh, five, ten years down the line, you might be able to talk to a hologram of a, of a loved one that's passed on. You probably a lot sooner than that, and maybe a lot sooner, according to a new scientist. Because uh, this this uh, study says that the technology is there right now that you could have email and text correspondence with an AI version of someone that's no longer here. Would you want to do that? We've been asking that question. I'm going to ask Beth that question. She knows I'm going to ask her. I would never put mm-hmm. you on the spot with something like that. But you sent me the, this this article last night. Because I thought it was so strange, the timing of the yeah. article, that it came up on this particular anniversary, you know, when I'm thinking about my mom and wishing I could talk to her. Aaron has been waiting, wants to weigh in on this. Aaron, you're on Good Morning BT. Hey, Aaron. Hey, hey good morning from Fort Mill. Good morning. Um, first of all, I'd, I, I'd say you just kind of mentioned it, Bo. It's only a matter of time. You can kind of look to the, the sci-fi movies we've seen over the last years that shows us what's coming and what's going to be available. Yeah. And, and um, so the technology is already there. You know, if you if you geek out and keep up with this, this some of this stuff, but um, you know, my I think about my granddad. All my grandparents are, have passed, but you know, 11 years ago he died of a stroke, and so it was instant. You know, he you know he outside working in the garden, fell down, and never got to say goodbye to him. So yes, oh. I think about if you had the opportunity, you know, a guy like me would spend a life savings, be able just to sit in a room and just pretend for 15 minutes, right, to be able to. You know, combine you know whether it's a hologram and old voicemails and whatever else, and just to sit there and have that you know the, the joy come back to you just for that short period of time would be very, you know just just a thought of that is very emotional and endearing to be able to say uh, you know have a silly conversation and listen to him say things like you know the world's going to hell in a handbasket and <laughs> all the all the different things that you know he, he would say from you know his uh, you know 
he was born in the twenties, you know, so he, he lived through a lot. But absolutely, you know, of course, the, the unfortunate technology will uh, go to something deviant, like you know they always do, sadly. But the good, the goodness of that, I think, would be very refreshing and very worth it and um, healthy. I think, to, you know, uh, to be able to just have that that moment and keep that or bring it up at any point. Um, and just put put a, a skip in your step, you know, Aww. any given day. But so Aaron, it's beautiful. So Aaron, you are saying yes, you would, You'd you would do try. this. Yeah, that's a long yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 that's what I felt you were going, but I just want to make sure because what? it's. Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't know. I, and Beth and I are going to answer this question too yeah. uh, coming up. But Aaron, I appreciate you holding on. Yeah, we got to. Aaron, it's lovely. Aaron was lovely in his just. You know, the the, the idea that it might bring some closure for mm-hmm. him, that he might be able to say some of the things, even if it isn't. You know, to his grandfather. If you're a believer, you, you know, his grandfather is in heaven and he could hear the conversation. Right. You know, so there are there are so many complicated aspects to this. But Aaron's. His 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 reasoning was really beautiful that it might just feel good to hear like his grandfather say the world's going to hell in a handbasket. You know that's the same thing I feel about you. Know, my mom, I but, wish I could hear her say some of the things. But then you know what if halfway through the conversation it's going really well and then the AI says something that they would never say right, goes haywire and then. Is that worth going down the road in the first place? I know it's complicated. It's just, again, you think about worst case scenario, best case scenario. Best case is it puts a spring in your step and gives you uh, a little something for your day and gives you a positive memory. But if, you know, th- then if something that I guess, I guess you could also say, well, that wasn't really him. He didn't really say that or she. Right, right, you right. Know? There's so many things to think about. This is so complicated. This is so complicated because so many emotions are involved. Ten before eight o'clock here on News Talk eleven ten WBT Michigan voting today Super Tuesday a week from today time to cross the streams AM and PM drive thanks to PhD weight loss and nutrition Bowen Beth here and Brett Winnable there good morning to you hey good morning guys I want to pull you into a conversation we've been having uh, because it's gotten the phones the phones are are uh, have lit up here I, I I expected that they would this is uh, an an interesting topic, to say the least. But um, if you were not with us, and I mean that either Brett or people listening, uh, just to catch you up, this is the eight-year anniversary of when Beth lost her mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Beth sent uh, – and just so you know this as well, um, I wouldn't – I would never bring a topic like this just out of nowhere, especially on a day like this. But Beth sent me the note last night about an article – and a new uh, new technology that suggests that uh, we're very, very close, if not right there, where people would have the option or the ability to talk to people. I say I quote unquote people, but talk to an AI generated version of someone who's no longer with us on planet Earth. That you could use like the, the AI, um, you could send in old texts, old emails, voicemails, mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. that to generate the quote-unquote personality of someone who has passed on. And they're calling them, the, in New Scientist magazine, they're calling them AI ghosts. So the question is, would you ever want to go down this road? I'm going to ask Beth the question, um, but I want to ask Brett Wonderbull. Uh, what do you think of this type of technology, and is it something that you would ever um, want to experience? Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing. Uh, you know, I, I lost my mom back a few years ago, and uh, I think about it 
I've I've heard of this sort of AI stuff. For me, I wouldn't want to like personally. I wouldn't do it. Um, but I, you know, everybody's going to make their own decisions uh, in that regard. But uh, it, for, for me, I, I like to hear my mom's voice in my head because I, I know what it sounded like. And, um, I, you know, that's I, I don't I wouldn't want the technology to, to do that. I, I don't know. It, it's I can look at photographs. I, I can you know, I can th- think of great memories, uh, all that sort of stuff. But I, 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 to me, it would feel like I was uh, utilizing a, a technology um, th- that wasn't that wasn't the, the the real thing, as far as I was concerned. Right, because it, 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 the like you might be creating new memories that w- w- that don't exist. You right, know? like that's a really good point. Th- that was that's the thing that I can't wrap my brain around, and I thought it was just. This article popped up, and I thought it was such a strange timing, you know, for it to, since it was the anniversary of the fact that my mom passed. And then I'm suddenly reading this article, and it has forced me, because I always am thinking of her, um, but especially on this day. But to have this article pop up, and then this whole new level of thought about this particular day, because then I'm considering all the complexities of something like this and creating a new memory. And here's something, Brett, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but on my my mom passed away on my uh, 39th birth uh, or, or my 39th year right after my 39th birthday mm-hmm. and my husband because he is the gentlest most beautiful soul he had the the forethought to know that my 40th birthday was going to be tough because it would be my first birthday without my mom and he got a 40th birthday card and took it to my mom before she passed away and had her write me wow. a note wow. for my birthday. Awesome. And saved it. He saved it, did not let me know that that even existed until my 40th birthday rolled around and he wow. gave me that card. That's awesome. So that's I, like that's 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 uh, like next level awesome. Really, that is, that is that's really outstanding. And I mean, God, so I God bless him for doing that, right. and God bless your mom for, for for signing it. For signing it, and they had this kind of you know lovely moment together in that. And then on my birthday, I had new words from my mom and in I her writing. Cool. And I think that really goes to the very heart of this dilemma because. What you're using AI to do here, whether that's uh, building semblance of a voice because of with old tapes or whether you're having an email or a texting conversation uh, based on AI, you're generating an experience. But then you, you get to that question of would my mother or my father or whoever it is have really said this this way? Right, would, right, would, right. They, would they have wanted this to happen? Would they have mm-hmm, said it this mm-hmm, way? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you I mean I can't think of another scenario uh, I mean maybe there are a few but that the one that your your husband Craig uh, made happen for you right there um, that was your mom right it was, you know it really the, there, there's no question right. there and, right. and that's about the only way that could have happened but I think that the difference between that and knowing that that mm-hmm. came from her even mm-hmm. though she was no longer with it when you read it mm-hmm. you knew mm-hmm. that it came from her whereas with this situation it may seem like her. But you have no way of right. you know it's not real, and you have no way of knowing whether that would be something that that the person who's no longer here would have blessed or would have endorsed. Right. You know, w- one of the things that's interesting because I know Beth and I've had a, a, an offline conversation uh, a, a while back, um, and I was saying, you know, my mom was my biggest fan, so she would she would call me after every show I ever did, and mm-hmm. and would and would uh, critique and give me ideas and do things like that. And yeah. I and I think yeah. you said you had the same sort of relationship with your mom mm-hmm. um, as well. So here's what I think happened, and uh, really serious. I'm not. This is not 
shtick or joking around. I think you finding this article was some show prep from your mom. Think about that. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's so funny that you mentioned that, Brett, because I was saying when we first started talking about this earlier in the hour, I was saying one of the things that I wish I could say to my mom, because my life has changed so much in the eight years since since she passed away. And a lot of it was because she passed away and how much mm-hmm. it changed my heart and, and what I wanted my life to be about. And there are so many things I want to tell her about being able to sit in this room with these gentlemen every single day and have these conversations with with all of the, the listeners and with each other and these connections. And so, yeah, maybe you're right that I'm getting to have this conversation because it was show prep for my mom. The, the veil is thin. Yeah, the veil is very thin. Beautiful. And she beautiful. And she's she's with you now. So, I mean, that's that's what you got to remember. It's a beautiful thought. And you and I did have that conversation because I I was the same. I The first broadcast that I ever did after my mom passed away was like a gut punch because I yep. realized it was the first time I had ever done a broadcast where my mom wasn't watching. That's and right. It, 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 it just just almost broke me. It almost broke me. It was so such a strange feeling. And yet, I think you don't need any kind of AI technology nope. for you to know that your mom is listening right now yeah. and show prepped and enjoyed this segment. Yeah. Yeah. When we come back, uh, we have the jammed phone lines. People want to talk about this. Uh, you and me, Beth, have not technically answered this question yeah. as to whether we would or not. So we'll get to that and remind you that the Brett Winterbull Show starts at 3 o'clock this afternoon right here on WBT. We'll talk to you then. Oh, he's already prepping. He's prepping for the show. (laughs) (laughs) Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. From News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, this is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The question is simple. If you could go back, or not even back, if they could come to you essentially in the form of artificial intelligence, would you want to talk to somebody in your life that has passed on? Asking the question for a variety of reasons, but uh, New Scientist magazine suggests now that the technology is there by way of Combining voicemails and emails and texts and really footage of people who have passed on using AI to recreate conversations in the now, Mm -hmm. in the moment, right now. Would you want to do that if you are able? And look, I, I said this last hour, but we all know technology is only going to get better. So you can imagine that if right now artificial intelligence could create uh, a semblance of you having a text conversation or an email conversation uh, or even a, a phone conversation, like maybe a, a voicemail. I don't know exactly how it would work live at this point, but it's getting there. Um, you could see how this would work. And in five years, you could probably talk to a hologram or something like mm-hmm. that uh, with this uh, technology that now exists. We've been asking you over the past hour, and it's particularly poignant today because today happens to be the eighth anniversary. It's been eight years since Beth, since you lost your mom. Yeah, today, um, in, today, eight years ago, was the day that I was holding my mom's hand as she took her last breath. I was her caretaker in the, the final weeks of her, her life, and um, 
this day always means uh, something to me because I'm very aware of, uh, obviously, the, the, the tremendous loss and, and how much my life has changed in the eight years since she left us. And I always think about what this day was like. I, I think about the experience of, uh, of being her caretaker. And then, of course, I think about all of the, the beautiful memories that I got to create with her for 39 years before she left us. And so there, this day is mixed with so many emotions, and I just thought it was such strange timing to see this new scientist headline pop up today, you know, to be thinking about this because I was already thinking about how much I miss talking to my mom. And then to see this happen, to see this pop up today, as Brett Winterbull said last segment, if you weren't listening, he said, you know, that's probably your mom helping with show prep a little bit. Let's go to the phone lines because a lot of you have been waiting patiently and want to uh, weigh in on this. Mark is online too. Mark, welcome to Good Morning BT. Hey, um, so, man, first of all, I, I would say and everybody's got their own opinion, but I would not do the AI thing because I don't get along with computers and they don't get along with me. And, you know, they don't, there's, I'm a scientist, so you got to control for variables. Yeah. So what if they come in as the abulent, um, joking grandfather and I'm in a, you know, a reflective, uh, serious mood? Oh, great point, Mark. I, What's that? I said, that's a great point, because you may have wanted to have a reflective conversation, and AI generated the jokey conversation. And I'd say, you know what? Go back to your cyber hell and leave me alone. (laughs) You know, that's Uh, a very interesting perspective, Mark. Yep. All right, Mark. We appreciate you calling. Yeah, thank you. It's a great point, because... If you were, you know, when you're talking to a loved one, that loved one knows you. That that loved one knows, can anticipate what kind of mood you're in, and can feel you, and would respond appropriately. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, like he says, you don't know exactly what this computer-generated version is going to spit out, and then you get into this area of like alternate memories. Yeah, like new if you memories, it, and is it really a memory? What 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 box? What category do you put that in? Right. Um, and again, this comes down to an experience versus versus an actual. Um, well, it comes down to. Uh, a, a, but it is a real experience in a way. It's so hard to box I know, this. No, there's so many complex issues surrounding this. Mike is on line one. Mike, welcome to Good Morning BT. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, good morning. Hey, Mike. Um. So I don't think it's so much of a problem during the conversation as I think there's a bigger issue after the conversation. If you have a conversation with a loved one, once you get done with that conversation, reality is going to set back in and you have to realize that that person's still gone. Yeah. And are we just opening up wounds that we're trying to heal to begin with? Yes. Um, I think it's, I think it's going to turn around and cause, especially with there being such a big um, mental health issue right now, I think we're opening up a, a Pandora's box of creating another mental health issue. At the same time, I think that it, a lot of people, when they talk to their parents, they're going to go to them asking for advice on life situations. Oh, yeah. So are we going and we're talking to AI for life situations, for things that are going to impact us? It's not really going to be what the advice our parents or whoever would give to us. It's going to be whatever AI has calculated through its, you know, its algorithm on what it thinks its best decision is going to be, but we're still going to take it 
as it being the actual advice from our loved ones. Right, as the gospel. Um, so I would be, yeah, I would be worried about that. On the flip side, if I could get uh, David Attenborough and uh, Morgan Freeman to teach me Shark Week every year after they pass, <laughs> I'd be all for it. <laughs> now, see, now, see, I, I'm completely with you on that. Right, Mike. I, you bring up such beautiful, beautiful points about the idea of getting to have that conversation again. It may be great in the moment, but suddenly are you having to deal with the grief of losing them all over again? All of these are just excellent points. I love our listeners. We're talking about if you had the means, and science now suggests that we do, would you want to talk or communicate with an AI version of somebody in your life that is special to you that has passed on? And uh, this is especially, especially... Resonant today because this is the eight-year anniversary of when you lost your mom. Mm-hmm. And um, so we've been talking to various people, and we appreciate all the phone calls. And, and again, if you're just joining us, uh, new study suggests that uh, the AI technology is there now that um, you could or you will soon be able to have a conversation with someone that's no longer here using AI, combining Voice technology, combining emails, combining text, and then generating new AI text. Mm-hmm. So you could essentially have a conversation with somebody that uh, an AI version uh, that's not here anymore. Now, talk to a lot of people, um, and 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 again, first and foremost, you. This was your idea to talk about this today. Yes, but I, and I thought it was so strange that this headline popped up um, on a day like today when I am thinking about my mom. Um, I, and I always think about my mom because she had such a tremendous impact on my life. But certainly on the day that I lost her, on the anniversary of the day that I lost her, I think about what that day was like. I think about the moment that I was you know, holding her hand and I watched her take her last breath. And I think about all the love that felt like it was sucked out of the world. And um, when this story popped up, I I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. And if you haven't heard all of the conversations we've been having for more than the last hour, really, I I would love for you all to go back and listen on our, our podcast because we've gotten such beautiful thoughtful calls and you know all of those calls have even influenced my thoughts because it's such a complicated thing to um, lose someone that you love and then to try to build a life around the hole that is left in your life and in your heart and Aaron was one of our first callers uh, last hour who said that he lost his grandfather very suddenly and he would like the opportunity to just have an AI conversation, if not only to, to, to have the conversation, the goodbyes that he didn't get to say, but maybe to hear some of his, his grandfather's favorite phrases and his favorite voices. And I thought, that, you know, I thought that was a beautiful, a beautiful sentiment and a very positive one, a very positive use for this. And then Mark and Mike both called with the questions about what this might do to, you know, people who are grieving. Would it make it more difficult? And I appreciated, oh, my gosh, the thoughtfulness of those calls. So I've been 
seriously contemplating it over and over again. And the thing that is that I was so um, lucky in the time that I got to spend with my mom in the final six weeks of her of her life and the, taking care of her, I got to have a lot of the really meaningful, important conversations. I got to say a lot of what I wanted to say, and so did she, and it was lovely and beautiful. And um, as much as I would love to, to have a conversation with her again, I don't think that I would use the technology um, because here's what I do. And so this is where I finally came to the ultimate decision, and it really just hit my gut. It just hit my gut just a, a couple of moments ago. I I still have conversations with my mom in my head and in my heart and, and in, in what feels like a prayer. And sometimes when I'm really hurting or really concerned about something, sometimes she pops up in a dream and she'll address that issue. So that's kind of how I have a conversation with her still. And I believe that there is something to that. I believe that that is her love communicating with me. And so I kind of depend on that version, you know, that where I'm in a dream and, and it is technically creating a new memory, although it's a dream version. I've had a couple of those moments since she passed away eight years ago. Um, and I listened to, I kept some voicemails on, you know, a voicemail of her singing happy birthday that I listened to every year on my birthday. And there are a couple of other voicemails that I listened to and I've kept cards and things like that. So I think that's where I land is just, um, depending on my own memory and my own videos, my own, I, I also created a, a beautiful video for her memorial service with, with videos and pictures and songs and all that kind of stuff. And so I go back and watch that. Like today, when I go home, that's the first thing I'll do is that I'll watch that to honor her. So that's kind of how I, I go about remembering her, but also feeling like I'm still getting to talk with her. If that makes any sense. Does that make any sense? Of course it does, and I feel like we have uh, honored her with the discussion today. And I love that. I love you for that, because it, it, these aren't easy discussions, and your willingness to have complicated discussions with me and emotional discussions with our listeners, I just think that's so beautiful and so special, and who we don't know who needed to maybe think about this issue today in their own way. And I, I, po- I don't judge anybody for however they would choose to deal with something like this because grief is so unique to each individual. We thank everybody for uh, calling. Uh, days like this, uh, we don't always know uh, how it's going to play out, but that's the beauty of it, I think, uh, is that we sort of work through it together. And uh, once again, we've done that today. Thanks, all of you. Uh, we're gonna you. We're going to take a, a decided turn coming up because it's Tuesday. You know what that means at 835 on Tuesday. It means Dirty Restaurant Tuesday. And we and got mice. Ooh. <laughs> that's a new one. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's time for Order up. Dirty Restaurant Tuesday. Waiter, there's a fly in my soup. Could you do something about it? It is Tuesday. Time for our buddy Mark Garrison to venture sure. down the hall and talk about the halls that he's ventured down in restaurants. <laughs> 
Well, we had this is uh, interesting to start with. Uh, actually, uh, even Channel Nine did a little story on this the other day. Three airport restaurants had problems with mice last week. Oh, the worst of them, the 1987 market had to shut down and clean up for a couple of days. That one, the yeah. market that that's like right when you go in the entrance point going toward Gate A. Oh, okay. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> I haven't been there. <laughs> See, I, I don't make as much money as you do, so I can't fly very often. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what you all don't know is Beth flies in each morning for this show. Yeah, yeah I guess I'm going my plane. Uh, so, uh, but their score is now 98, although the inspector said still a few mice droppings behind the ovens. Oh. Yeah. Why are you taking them all? See, that's <laughs> just a few. Uh, we just got a few. We left. Yeah. Are they sure they're not just chocolate sprinkles? <laughs> Behind the oven? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Only one way to find out. No! That's right. Taste one of those bad All boys. All in the Royal no. Food Tasters. It's just a baby Ruth. <laughs> now no. we got the uh, Wendy's on Eastway Drive with an 85. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> several employees. Haven't we talked enough about Wendy's today? <laughs> <laughs> Not washing their hands properly. Uh, but why bother? There was no soap at approximately three hand-washing stations. I don't know why that's an approximate number. Approximate. But, yeah. We're just going to estimate that there was no soap <laughs> No soap in sinks. the building, yeah. I bet the uh, the hamburgers they touch are cheaper, guys. I heard some guy you were talking to <laughs> earlier said today. he liked uh, Wendy's chili. With it. They had chili that had been reheating since early that morning and was still at the wrong temp. That's how you That's get. even bad for chili. Yeah. yeah. The Swiss Standards. cheese had to be thrown out. It was not being kept hot enough, I guess, for, I don't know, dip or <laughs> something. Know, they Swiss it, cheese it was then. not chili. <laughs> it was <laughs> always cheddar. Yeah, they have Swiss cheese at Wendy's. I, I didn't know that either. Or American or something. Uh, let's see. According to uh, the person in charge, let's see. the their, Oh, it turns out that a unit that they had uh, some raw beef patties stored in wasn't even working. No wonder they're too warm, he said. Ew. So then they had to quickly put them in the freezer. Yeah. I I thought, oh, they're oh, not supposed to have freezers. I know, but they do. And they Fresh, to never fr- frozen. Freeze those burgers. Until <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are frozen. That's right. <laughs> at, least at, at least at the Wendy's on Eastway. Yep. So they had an 85. They sit on a throne of lies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Now we have a joint called the Chill and Fill, which is inside a gas station on uh, Wilkinson Boulevard near the airport. They had an 88.5. It's a great name. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, I just want to chill and fill. It ought to be, yeah, but once you hear this, it ought to be called the gulp and vomit. I mean, the, the person in charge, unable to answer any questions from the inspector regarding any operation of this establishment. Oh. And that was a repeat violation. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I just work here. I feel like, yeah. It's actually the reverse. Some of these, it's like, what are you doing here? I have no idea. I don't know. He was just chilling, man. What do you you serve here? I don't know. Uh, There was no one there with any food safety training. Well, there's a big surprise. Observe bologna and turkey sandwiches in the customer reach-in that were at the wrong temperature. (laughs) And the person in charge said, "Uh, I, I don't know what the temperature is supposed to be for holding them. Oh, so I guess they weren't even cold, and they, they must have just turned it down. They're like, ah, this doesn't need yeah, to be. Yeah, this will work. So all of the sandwiches were thrown out. Oh, by the way, they didn't have a date on them either. <laughs> so you got some old sandwiches. It's like, how old is this bologna? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't bologna last forever anyway? I, I don't Probably. know. It's yes. like a Wendy's burger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Chill and Phil Wilkinson Boulevard, eighty-eight point five, and then we have a Little Caesars oh, pizza, pizza, <laughs> uh, eighty-eight. The person says the person in charge should ensure that rules regarding food safety are met. 
Well, if that's your first sentence in the inspection report, you know, ain't ain't a whole lot of food safety going on there. You're not meeting the standards. That's right. Employee observed handling cell phone and then did not wash before preparing food, and that was a repeat violation. I feel like that happens a lot. Oh, yeah. I feel like that. And just think those cell phones have been up against your greasy face and like your... And your nasty fingers. Oh, yeah. And, and like, people take watch. it in the bathroom. That's it's right. Pro- I mean, it's probably... <laughs> I mean, there are places in the bathroom that probably have less germs than your, your phone yeah, does. That's exactly right. Oh, yeah. Probably the toilet seat uh-huh. has less uh-huh. germs than your phone. I feel like we talked about this on the show yeah. one time. Yeah. Sanitizer solution measuring zero, which means nothing was getting sanitized there. Uh... No time set on the pizza sauce. I guess you're only supposed to serve it for a few hours. Who knows how long it had been out there? <laughs> yeah, it's Crazy. Like, yep. How many days? And then uh, Crazy don't bread. please don't store personal items or drinks where they can contaminate food. So I guess they had their own personal food and drinks sitting up on the prep table. So that's the Little Caesars. This is, this is the one in University City and 88. See, I, every time we do this, every, I, I think about all the food I've eaten over the course of the week, and I think how many of it had, like, poop particles. It's <laughs> <laughs> called Zero Res to clean your food. Before you eat that sandwich, that was Little Caesars? That was Little Caesars. So yeah. was it really just an eight, and you said eight, eight? Eight, eight, oh, eight, uh, eight, eight. Uh, pizza, 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 pizza. <laughs> uh-huh. Nasty, nasty. Eight pizzas for eight bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I told, I told you the story not long ago. Some homeless guy was out near a Little Caesars and he was asking for money, and I didn't have any cash. I went and bought him a pizza, and he was not happy. He didn't want the pizza. He didn't want. He's like, oh, thanks, pal. <laughs> he said, not just one, but pizza, pizza. <laughs> All right, thank you, Mark. Yes, sir. Isn't it great to be one of the good guys for a change? It feels great to be a good guy. <laughs> well, you're a great guy too. Look, you came back for me, huh? You came. You did steal a car, though. I borrowed one, and I brought the car back the next day. I explained the whole story to the man. He was a cowboy. <laughs> See, I paid attention to the live tweets yesterday. I was watching. We uh, we started something yesterday, and Bernie thought we forgot it. And he's right. We did forget. <laughs> <laughs> I've, had, I've had it ready all morning, and we got into some serious stuff, as sometimes we do. And uh, it just goes to show that we don't. Uh, we have a blueprint for the show, but we have freedom to go where you sometimes take us. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we've worked our way back around to a new feature on the show that also was born organically one day Yeah. when we realized that Bernie hadn't seen certain movies that Bernie should have seen. Yes, he hasn't seen certain movies, he hasn't heard certain 80s songs, and so we have now created Weekdays at Bernie's. Weekdays at Bernie's. It's kind of like breaking Amish. This whole show is like an exposure to the 80s. That's exactly me. right. Really? You feel well, kind of Amish that you haven't seen any of these things Yeah, before? kind of. Well, the thing that really tipped us off was the day that he said he didn't know uh, what the reference, the enchantment under the sea dance meant. Right. Or the slang version, the fish under the sea dance. And he didn't understand our references to Revenge of the Nerds, the Lambda, 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 and Omega Pi. Wait. Omega Moo. <laughs> Omega Moo. <laughs> now, now I know because I've, it's secondhand. It is. Omega Moo. I didn't even get it right. <laughs> but now you have to hang out with old people because none of your friends will understand. I do every day. Oh! Well, I live in a retirement community, so. oh, and, and you work in one. And you work in one. And there's the premise. There's the premise for the for this segment. Weekdays at Bernie's, where Bernie spent what a good two hours yesterday. I he, did. You spent it with your new friends Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. The movie, the classic, Twins. My name is Julius, and I'm your twin brother. <laughs> oh, obviously. 
The moment I sat down, I thought I was looking into a mirror. We are not identical twins. <gasps> oh, no? <laughs> no. Well, I wouldn't be too sure, pal. I don't lie. I am your brother, and you must let me help you get out of here. <laughs> you want to help me get out? Yes, right now. Well, money talks and bullshit walks. <laughs> How can bullshit walk? That's slang, huh? Yeah. I'm <laughs> fast company here. Hey, take a look over there. See that man? Pay him money. All right? They let me out. Okay? I'll be anything you want. Your aunt, your uncle, your sister, your cousin, your brother-in-law. Anything, all right? Okay. All right? I pay right now. You pay now. <laughs> okay, Vince. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go pay. So I realized this was on Netflix right now. Yes. So, so that was very convenient for you. That was great. Uh, you sat down and you spent a couple of hours with, uh, with those <clears throat> twins. Yeah, I finished posting the show and then I... Turned it right on, and uh, actually, my dog walker, Lori, she comes by every time that I'm finishing <laughs> my work, mm -hmm. um, just in case, you know, I have to work a little longer right, and the right, dogs right. need to go out. So um, she comes in and sees me watching Twins, and I'm like, I, it, I'm supposed to do this for the show that I work on. I'm being required to watch this movie because I'd never seen it before. And she goes, oh, my God, this is totally my stuff. Like, 80s, because oh. she's close to y'all's age. Yeah. So she's Gen X. It's, this is her stuff. Right, and right, right. She made a great point that because my parents are a little older, there was a lot of things that I wasn't exposed to, namely the 80s culture. Well, and you weren't born. I was not born. <laughs> I was not born until 91. Have you really lived? I, I did not really live until I saw Twins yesterday. It was a fantastic movie. Right. I loved it. Oh, the 80s are responsible for some really great feel-good movies. Mm -hmm. I went yeah. from hating Danny DeVito to liking Danny DeVito to hating him again when he dropped him off in yeah. New Mexico. Wait till oh. you see you throw Mama from the train. Oh, I need to see that. And at <laughs> least a couple of uh, texts yesterday from Bernie. I really, really like Kelly Preston. She's a gorgeous woman. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Kelly Preston, God rest her soul. But she's in this movie. Obviously, DeVito and Schwarzenegger and um, What's David, the other lady? David, David Caruso's in this movie. From from NYPD, remember him? Oh mm -hmm. yeah, he's the guy that would always take his sunglasses off. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's the grandma's name from Happy Gilmore? She's in that, isn't she? Oh, I saw her yesterday. She is in that. What is her name? The God. grandma from Happy Gilmore. I don't remember a grandma from Happy. Oh, oh wait, he lived with his grandma. It says here, don't remember one who it was, of it says Bonnie Bartlett. Does that sound that right? Sounds right. Yeah, That's you're right. <laughs> Bonnie. There was just That's a, a really good name. <laughs> that is a great name. Bonnie Bartlett. <laughs> Sounds like Barry Bunnell. Like uh, Bonnie Bowles. Bartlett. <laughs> like, Pocaroba. <laughs> Pebo Brayson. That's right. What are we well, doing? So, so uh, movie came out in 1988. Now we we wondered what the first movie we'd send you to watch would be. We decided it would not be Revenge of the Nerds. We thought Back to the Future. You've probably seen pieces of that, but you hadn't seen any of Twins. And so mm -hmm. your verdict on Twins, having having watched this yesterday. Uh, should have won massive awards in 1988. <laughs> I mean, Oscars I, for I, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm so serious about that. I mean, this is, it was it was a classic 80s movie. And I had mentioned to Bo before y'all had come in this morning that I really miss the piano tracks that they used to have specifically for scenes in movies. You mean like the piano tracks like from, who's the, the Randy Newman? Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. I feel like I don't see that in, in movies anymore. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I haven't been to a movie in a while, but... Uh, I feel like wait, wait, movies, movies don't have pianos like anymore. Pianos, piano, piano, piano music. I just wanted Bo to say. Y'all just wanted me to say it. That's the only reason you brought that. It was up. a setup. The eighties have piano and saxophone. It's a trap. Lots of piano and saxophone. It's all. You know, rock. What, you know what's funny is I am sitting here thinking about Twins because we forced you to go watch it. It's been a long time since I've seen Twins. So there are scenes that are like flashing into my eyes. Isn't there like a bar fight where they're dancing mm -hmm. with each other at like some honky tonk bar mm -hmm. and Danny DeVito is so much shorter than his girlfriend and she kind of has a lisp and is super cute? Yes. 
Oh yeah, you're remembering it correctly. I saw it. Um, and they're sisters too. The the yes. the uh, the sisters are sisters. The girlfriends are sisters with each other, and then they end up. And isn't it, it's got like a happy ending? Oh, it's a and, great ending. And they're just like it's just you know it's funny because it's not the dad wasn't nice. But don't forget the part of the movie where things hit rock bottom. We're making the most fully developed human the world has ever seen. But instead of just one perfect kid, <laughs> mom had the two of us. Way to go, mom. Wrong. The embryo did split in two, but it didn't split equally. <laughs> All the purity and strength went into Julius. All the crap that was left over <laughs> went into what you see in the mirror every morning. Oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You tell me I'm the crap? Oh, this is not true, <laughs> well, Wait a minute, Julius. I want to hear this. You tell me that I... And the leftover crap that I'm no good? He's wrong. Look at him. Are you saying that I'm a side effect? <laughs> I felt really bad for him in that moment. Yeah, but it really comes around to you are what you believe about yourself, right? That you teach yourself. Like Julius teaches him that he can be a better version of himself and that it's all about what you, you think that you are. And, and they end up you, with matching shirts. Yeah. And I can't get over the ponytail that Danny DeVito was rocking. Yeah. Well, yeah. With no hair on the top of it. It was head. more like a rat tail. I think it was more like, well, was a rat tail a thing? Wasn't that a thing? Yeah, oh yeah. In yeah. the 80s, the little ponytail at the back? I, 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 I still have one if I don't get it cut off every four weeks. It's like, it like people used to braid their mullets a little bit. No, that I didn't do. I had, <laughs> I had a friend with a rat tail <laughs> in middle school. I had a friend with a rat tail. You did, oh, everybody I knew seemed to have a rat tail when we were trendy. growing I'd have a rat tail. <laughs> you didn't have a rat tail? I got enough hair, I could do. This what do you mean? <laughs> this kind of thing? Yes. Is this Randy like, Newman? It does sound like Randy Newman. It's actually not Randy Newman. <laughs> it's, you're going to laugh at you. It sounds like 20s, 1920s no, music. Listen, listen to it. Walking into Saloon. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, don't recognize it's this? It's Kermit the Frog. It is Kermit the Frog. I was just trying to think of a piano. piano. I thought it was like, I'm a kids or as kids or something. Well, <laughs> sounds a lot like it. I wonder why you say piano. Yeah, why do you? I don't think I do. I think you all, all think I do. Because <laughs> he's weird. I like to say tomato. I can't hear the piano. <laughs> all right. Brett Jensen coming up next hour, because what else could follow all of this? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. From News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, this is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. Just trying to see uh, which bumper I needed to play there. Guess it's going to be this one. Anybody see him? Nope. 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 Nothing. You see anything coming? Nope. I don't see him. He's not in the hall on a very important call, is he? Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a there minute, wait a minute. Oh, He's oh, coming. Oh, oh, just by the skin of his teeth. He made it. Actually started a, an alternate bumper, but I'm always prepared. I said 906. But the segment starts not at 906. Sometimes. 905. Sometimes it does. He Sometimes 907. He doesn't know that music's playing because he doesn't wear headphones. Yeah, let's go. Where you been? It's been a morning already. Has it been a morning? It's been a morning. In a good way? 
Uh, working and then dealing with Max. We got to go to the bed again at 11:30 tonight Aww. or this morning. So. Baby so, doll. Brett, so, yeah. Brett Jensen joins us as he always does on Tuesdays. So uh, last week you were here and someone uh, sent me an email and said uh, about a Maggie update. We didn't get to it last week, and so you bring her up. Uh, your dog, the most famous dog in all of Charlotte Radio, um, shots fired to a T-bone over there. How is Maggie doing? Well, oh, I'll turn the phone off. So it's uh, precarious right now with Mags. Um, her kidney disease is advancing faster than they anticipated. So we're, instead of the early stages of stage two, we're now in the middle, late stages of stage two. And we got to mm-hmm. go do um, urinalysis today. So I had to collect that this morning. And then um, we got to go see another internal specialist this morning um, at 1130. And we'll decide then what kind of medications, if any, if it's worthwhile or if it's too far gone or what the prognosis is. And so the worst part is, and I told people this the other day, is that, uh, and I know this sounds weird to say, but you know, she's two months away from being 15 years old and outside of the kidney disease, she's 100% healthy. Like mm-hmm. everything is perfect. It's just the kidney disease. Mm-hmm. It's not like all these other ailments that are coming on because of her age. It's strictly and solely the kidney disease. and. That's the frustrating part. Well, yeah. You I'm know? so sorry. That but as far as behavior, so does that mean that she acts normally for the most part outside of this? Oh, yeah. She's yeah. like, she's happy and bouncy and, yeah, you know, being a golden retriever. And, you know, the vet said to me uh, a month ago, she said, Brett, you don't understand. She goes, you can't treat a big dog, <clears throat> excuse me, like a small dog because they're completely different. She said, we don't see 15-year-old golden retrievers. Mm. We just don't see those. Mm. And so she said... We're sort of guessing a little, just trying to figure out, just because we don't get this. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, I get it. So that's where we are. So we're going to, at 11.30, we have to go see another specialist. And like, I, you know, did the whole thing sitting in my car right now as a, a urine sample. You know, you have to turn that in so they can check, I don't know, water counts and whatever it is they got to check to see the uh, the density of it that will determine. Because last time, I guess it was a month ago, a month and a half ago, a month and a half ago, she had thirty-three percent working kidney capacity. Mm. So, I got Maggie four days after I moved to Charlotte Aww. in two thousand nine. So I moved here August fourth, picked her out August eighth, and then picked her up August 9th. So, so the entire time I've been back in Charlotte, she's been with me. She was my first dog since high school. Yeah. But that's the that's the Maggie update. Like. I'm so if sorry. We can just, if we can just slow down the progression, have that's they, it. Have they done any um, like fluid, like doggy dialysis type? Great work? question. Yes, um, she's done. As a matter of fact, last Wednesday, last Wednesday or th- Thursday, last Thursday, she did the doggy dialysis yeah. where they put her full of fluids and everything, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, so they did blood work, doggy dialysis, and something else, and. That was exactly 500 bucks, and I have to do that every month. Yeah. My little, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a dog person. I have, I have two chihuahuas, but before I, had, before I rescued these two, I had a chihuahua that I got in college, of all things. And then that dog moved with me to Los Angeles and moved to, you know, back to Charlotte, moved with me out to Phoenix, and he was 16. 
and um, it was he, same thing. His whole body, he was in such great shape. Like his heart was great, his lung function great, and it was his kidneys. And it's just such a hard thing. And I understand. Like he, it, we, we did the the doggy fluids, mm-hmm. the doggy dialysis. And it's just such a because they're family members, especially. I mean, oh, yeah. they represent, like you said, just a time and a period in your life. And and my heart is breaking for you. Well, but I, I mean, I, I don't mean I didn't here. mean to bring the show down. No, I mean, I was just wanting, you know, and no. I've been very brutally honest well, about yeah. Max through this You've entire process. About it. You know, and look, we've we've uh, anybody who's listened to this show knows we've never shied away from talking about our pets. I mean, I, I said. Uh, Several years ago, when our, our Rosie died, that that dog essentially helped raise my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's true. And um, you know, we were on our third dog now, um, but the first dog we had, um, we had before we had kids. So that was our first kid. And so when you bring human kids into a house where a dog has been queen of the house, then there's a little bit of pecking order, <laughs> right. sort of. Uh, and 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 I. I our first dog, Buster, uh, got along with the kids, but they were younger. But I don't think she ever totally recovered from having her house invaded. <laughs> and yet Rosie was our second dog uh, who passed away a couple of years ago. Y'all remember me talking about her on the air. Um, she was she never knew the house without my two kids. So they were like sister and brother to her. And, and, and that was the relationship. And so, uh, you know, Rosie was especially tough because, oh. like I said, they, it, my kids, I mean, she was like the third parent sometimes. Right. <laughs> yeah. the, play, the playmate and the uh, – probably playmate's a better word than parent. But you know what I mean. It's like the dynamic of a, of a, of a house and a home, you know, changes uh, for the dog and for the kids and for the parents. But now we're in a situation where we have Phyllis, and Phyllis, um, again, has all, always known our house to have – kids in it but now phyllis is watching them leave and that's got to be confusing too where all of a sudden your house the number of people in your house i mean in six months it's just going to be phyllis is going to be our only kid yeah you know you you talking about your kid the dog raising your kids it makes me think of uh the the book peter pan like Mm -hmm. from jm barry because the the nanny was the dog (laughs) that's the play i guess i shouldn't say that it was it was a play but But it, it, I mean, it really is true. I mean, it's, it's uh, that was the thing that hurt me the most. I mean, when when she died, it was very painful. But it wasn't just her dying; it was a piece of my kids, you know, in their childhood. Well, yeah. and I think um, Beth put it right. It's a moment in history. A moment, like 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 I said, my entire time being back in Charlotte, Maggie's been with me all but four days. She represents this space all and, and your life days. you've created here. And you know, and Rosie represented his both children right. growing up. Right. Like it's that moment in time. And that's where I said I didn't mean to bring the show down, but I just wanted to like I said, I've always been brutally honest about Mags and everything that we're going through. And like I, I tell people this all the time. Maggie's still ex- extremely expensive with everything that's going on and like, you know, just since January, it's probably been about $4,500. Yeah. Get pet insurance. Like, thank God for pet insurance. And that's what I have. And I get, depending on what it is, anywhere from 50% reimbursement to 90% reimbursement of her bills. And I'm telling you, I, this would not be possible. I always decided I never wanted money to be a factor when it came to the life of my dog. Mm-hmm. So I got pet insurance. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's what I always tell people, get pet insurance. And people say, well, what, where's your pet insurance? It's the easiest name in the history of the planet, petinsurance.com. Oh. They're owned, a, but they're owned by Nationwide, and we get it through work. I have a question for you about Maggie that I want to ask when we come back. Yeah. Because um, I know you've thought about it, and it's something that I actually think about 
the idea of it, but I've never actually followed through with it. And, and Beth actually lives it right now. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So we got him here. Now we can't keep him here. Yeah, is it weird that he just left? Where'd <laughs> he go? Actually, we should ask Tommy that question. This happened a lot at night. Um, <laughs> he just kind of... The uh, walking in, you know, kind of as the music starts isn't new. The not being here when the next segment starts is. Right here. Hey, welcome back to the... Uh, Apparently he needed some coke. No, I actually was at the outside talking business. Talking, talking business. Work, talking work. So With here, one Jim Zoki, by the way. Here's the question that, uh, as we were heading to break, I said I wanted to ask you. And this is something that I've long considered but never done. Beth lives this right now. Because Beth wakes up every morning to multiple dogs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, Brett, you're in a position right now where I was several years ago. You know, you know that, like, Rosie uh, was... Uh, had diabetes so we had in the last three years of her life we had to give her insulin shots twice a day uh same thing with buster actually so both of our 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 first two dogs both um had uh diabetes and and in the end of their lives passed away from a a version of complications from that so we knew in both cases that uh, the days were numbered and so i often thought along the way when i don't what I, one of the worst things is is when your dog passes away. There's that there's that hole in your your house. There's that the soul of the house is what I always mm, say. The energy is gone. Is yeah, gone. It's and a void. and I always say to myself, what if I got another dog right now, a younger dog, so that when this dog passes away, you have a dog that's there that knew that dog that sort of is an extension and essence of that dog, and somehow that dog lives on in this dog. Mm. And um, and mm. I've never done that. And I I bring that up to you because. Like we were saying, I mean, uh, you've had Maggie for a long, long time. You've been so lucky to have her a lot longer than most people have that kind of dog, a golden retriever. Um, but you know what is inevitable. Have you ever thought about getting another dog now? Or, would, or are you even thinking about getting another dog, period? I mean, you've had her for so long. When she was about six or seven, I thought about getting another puppy. Yeah. That's when I thought about doing it, um, just to... You know, to maybe keep her vibrant or on her toes or whatever, um, and and annoyed because the puppy would annoy her. You know, just to just to keep her active when right. I'm not there at the house. And so I've thought about that now. No, because a hundred percent of my attention has to be on Maggie right now. Yeah, you know, like she wet her bed for the first time um, since she was a puppy because oh, of the kidney disease. That hurts my heart. So, like you know, so I spent the weekend washing her bed. Um, the mattress is currently drying out in in the tub. So just right now, so much as has to be focused in on her. Mm-hmm. Now I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I've thought about this. It will probably be a good six months, maybe a year, maybe a little longer. I don't know. Just whenever I feel like the time is right before I get another one. But it would, I don't, I will, I won't do it immediately. It, I, I, I will ne- will I will have needed need a break just to yeah just because of all the stuff well, that Meg and I've been dealing the loss, with too yeah because yeah, Meg and I we've been dealing with this since uh, I want to say it's October thirtieth twenty twenty two so we're you know a year and a half we've been dealing with this and mm-hmm. so it's been it's been a chore I mean but one that I do willingly and lovingly and I have no issues 
you know, washing her bed, you know, when she peed in it for the first time and since she was a puppy because she just can't hold it yeah. or whatever. Or she just constantly has to go now. So, like, last night, I mean, Maggie has always been on a non-schedule, which is I, I trained her specifically. I didn't want her waking me up at 6 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday to go out. So she has no set schedule in the morning when it comes to the bathroom. She only wakes you up when you know it's an emergency. And it's five days in a row that she's woken me up at 1.30 in the morning to take her out. Oh. And so, like, last night at 1.30 in the morning, she wakes me up, takes me out, because she puts her head on the mattress right next to me and just sort of goes, uh, 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 just grunts. She doesn't bark. She just grunts. But her head is six inches from my face. Whatever side of the bed I'm on, that's the side she goes to to wake me up. And... Because of what's been going on for the last week, I have my clothes right beside the bed to immediately just put on my sweatpants, put on sweatshirt, shoes, and take her. You mean you don't go out in your smoking jacket? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, so that's, um, so no, um, but I truly thought about getting the other dog because of what's happening now, um, maybe to make the transition a little easier, but I, um, uh, but right now, I'm actually grateful I don't have another dog because yeah. Maggie is so much time right, right now. Yeah, I, I wasn't suggesting dog, that you do it now, but I'm just right, saying right. I always think about that. I, I, I've thought about it like when my dogs have been sort of at, at I guess, midlife, you know, when everything – there aren't any complications That's and right. they're running around. It's now the time to get another dog. I'll tell you what's happening with my <laughs> – we've gone into – we're, we're here. We'll, we'll just go ahead straight down that dog – that dog hole. The dog hole. <laughs> Instead of a rabbit hole. But uh, I used to let my dog, we have, we have a fenced-in backyard. Now, what we've discovered in the last month and a half or so is that fence is just for show. Because <laughs> right. our dog can absolutely squeeze through that fence like a champ anytime she wants to. And she's done it in front of our faces before. So it's basically like, haha, that's a nice fence, but it's really not doing what you think yeah. it's doing. Um, but... We got a call about a month and a half, about a month and a half ago, because I used to get up in the morning and I'd, I'd open the door and let her go out in the fence backyard and I'd just kind of wait for her. Mm-hmm. Well, we got a call down the street about coyote sightings. Mm. And so now I don't get five feet, more than five feet from that dog. Yeah. But that means like at five o'clock in the morning, especially on Saturday and Sunday, because that's when my wife's like, oh, it's your turn this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because you don't get up early enough right. every day, you know, well, Monday through Friday. But she has to with <laughs> right, the dog right. when I'm not there. But now it's this whole thing. I mean, it's really sort of changed my whole life with the dog because now all I think of is I've got to be I've got to be close enough to that dog to be the barrier between she and the coyote. Well, see, I think about it. I mean, my my dog, one of my chihuahuas, only weighs six pounds. I mean, mm-hmm. she's tiny. Sometimes yeah. I look at her and think, "How are you so tiny?" I mean, I have a small dog, and your dog, my dog. My dog dwarfs your dog. Yes. And so I have constantly, I'm always with them outside because of hawks. Yeah. Like birds of prey are big issues for the really tiny dogs. Yes. Cooper, he's he's big enough that that it wouldn't, I don't think, I mean, a a really big hawk might be able to try, take a go at him. But with Zoe, they could totally, a, a hawk could take her away. So I am very aware when I take them to the dog park, take them on a trail, like anywhere, I'm always looking up at birds. But I mean, coyotes are an issue too. I rescued these dogs when we lived in Phoenix. Coyotes were everywhere. The first day that I had them outside in the fenced-in backyard, there was a coyote with his nose stuck through the fence, just staring at us mm-hmm. like, hey, when are you going to leave the cocktail weenies here for me? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. meaning Zoe. Right. No, it's funny. That's funny you say that. I've 
the one of the weirdest things I ever saw was right there at the corner of Connie and Runnymede, right across the street from Alexander Graham, right there at that Alexander Graham Middle School, right there at the top. I was coming home in the middle of the afternoon one day, I don't know, like six, seven years ago, and there was a woman out there walking her Yorkshire Terrier, and a freaking hawk came down, swooped in, picked up the dog, lifted it up about 15 feet, and then just dropped it. It was like freaked me out. I'd never seen anything like that in my entire life. Was it on a leash? So like she had the leash at least? Yeah. And that's when she it pulled it up. It was like a it was like one of those detract uh, retractable, retractable leashes. Leashes yeah. and it went like 15 feet and maybe the leash pulled it, but then it, it just the dog came back down like I was like, holy crap, what did I just see here? Wild Kingdom. See now, I don't. I always feel like the hawks, if they see the people, wouldn't wouldn't come that Who close. Knew? No, this thing. Oh well, that now bad boy I'm up. freaking out even more. Keep it on a leash. <laughs> Keep it on a leash. Oh, like man. it was the wildest thing I'd ever seen. I was like, oh my god, what just happened here? It was a little Yorkie Terry because those things are tiny. Yeah, they're tiny. Our neighbors have a Yorkie that's so tiny. When we come back on National Geographic Explorer, <laughs> way to work with that alligator, Jim. <laughs> we will talk to Brett Jensen. <laughs> who actually had an interesting interview with one Pat Cotham late last week and uh, mentioned her daughter and mentioned uh, where things stand with her political career. Yeah, speaking of, just a few nights away. Yeah, I'm excited. Anything uh, anything cooking that we don't already know about? Uh, for Thursday? Yeah, for the for the big for cigar, the cigar event, event yeah. uh, at the Vintage in Gastonia. Um, I mean, I've got some guests lined up because I'm going to be doing my show live from there. I'll be there for a minimum of three hours from 6 to 9 and doing the show from 7 to 8. Um, but I, I can tell you the response has been pretty good so far. I mean, actually, it's been very well, very good so far. A lot of people reaching out to me privately. Uh, I did not realize this, but when I posted it on Facebook that, hey, I'm coming back to Gastonia to do this event. The my former Bo Thompson of my high school, the senior former senior class president or student body president, took it and put it on our alumni page on Facebook. Oh, oh so what you're saying it's is be a high school reunion. This is basically going to be not just a, a cigar event, but Brett Jensen is returning home. That's pretty much what it feels like. So yeah, <laughs> no, it's good. And a lot of people have sent me private messages. Hey, I hope I can make it. Hey, I plan on being there. You know, they're not necessarily putting in the reservations. Like again. Cigar at WBT.com, or you can email me at work, which I've received three or four emails from people going, hey, I'd like to make a reservation. I'd like to make a reservation. It's like, awesome. I got people, someone uh, emailed me from Rakhil saying that they want to come up, and they're planning to come up, and they reserved a spot. And I was at a political function Saturday in Gastonia, Saturday night, um, that I was just there just to see a lot of politicians and see what's going on. And a few of them came up to me and said, hey, I plan on being there Thursday night with you at the at the Vintage. I was like, this is awesome. Are you going to be smoking a cigar whilst recording your show? Well, yes, I will be smoking a cigar whilst doing my show live. Yeah, we're well, doing your show live. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> as opposed to, as as opposed to recording record it. himself, smoking a cigar later and playing it back. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, there will be, there will be, um, so just like when we do our... Uh, our Facebook live streams that we do. Talktoberfest. Yes, mm-hmm. Talktoberfest. I always do a cigar. Always. Wait a minute. You know what this means? What does this mean? This means you can also listen to Brett smoke a cigar <laughs> on demand after the fact. <laughs> so, is. so is it just going to be like your mid-sentence and then suddenly you're going... <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I don't no. know how to cigar smoking no. sound. Does no, it no, have a no. sound? 
No, I, I don't think that's more like a jalopy. I don't know what that. That's the sound of a cigar smoke. Yes, it is. I just went one time I want you to say long ashes. <laughs> no, it's just you, you know, if so if I'm talking, then no, I'm not going to do that. But let's say I have a guest on, which I will be having guests on, um, calling in while they're talking, yeah. If you don't like what they say, you're gonna blow smoke in their face? No, because <laughs> I think some of them, I think most of them are gonna be via telephone, but yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> can you blow smoke rings, Brett? Um, I used to be able to. Used to be able to. You're like um, the cat from Alice in Wonderland. I haven't tried and he can forever. waft with the best of them. But yeah, I could, I could, uh, I could blow smoke rings back in the day. So you said special guests. Are there special guests on this particular show for the night? Um, well, I know of a couple of. I mean, yes, I will be on site, but there will also be leg- like still keeping up with the news and the politics yeah, and the elections. Yeah. So I've got, um, I've got uh, you know someone coming on, Dan Barry, who is very well entrenched in district eight as we get closer and he's gonna give us a breakdown on what he thinks is going on right now in district eight with the congressional races um and so we've got some other people that are going to be calling in and just you know still we'll still be talking we'll be having fun and we'll still keep you abreast of the news of the day for example uh if we roll back on demand you can find this at wbt.com you had pat cotham on your show yeah uh, on friday night and pat cotham is in an inter- interesting spot because I mean, she's running again for county commission, longtime Democrat, and yet her daughter has become really one of the biggest names in the state because of all that's happened with the party switch and all that. Uh, you were talking to her a few nights ago. I want to talk to you about your daughter, Tricia. Last year, April, she made the big move that went from Democrat to Republican and made national news all over the place. She's still, to this day, getting a lot of hatred, emails and mails and text messages and you know everything else on social media. But the byproduct of that was maybe some of the some of that overflow coming towards you. I assume you thought there might be some blowback, maybe a little bit associated with you. Did you expect to get as much as you did? Um, I I didn't. Ex- I expected there would be pushback. Um, I didn't expect the intensity of the vulgarity, the intensity of violent acts I, I didn't expect that I didn't expect damage done to property and threats I, I didn't expect that and um, again I think it it also goes back to we're living in a society where it seems to be okay to to do that to act so viciously uh, on anything you feel, whatever it is, whether it's the elected officials, whether it's you know somebody else or something at your school or your employer, or, you know, it, people are are acting um, uh, in a very uh, a way that was not what I have seen earlier in my life. So it's kind of it's sad, um, but I I certainly and I have received it myself and. Um, I never come back with that same vulgarity. I don't do that. And uh, I just say, well, if you ever need help, feel free to call me. I'll be glad to help you. And, and then I'm done. But uh, it, it is, I, I think I worry more about, I mean, I'm older. I, I've been around the block. So things don't, don't bother me. I've had people be hateful to me over the years. And... Um, you know, it just is what it is, and I just keep 
doing my job. I just you, keep working. You know, uh, I was listening to this the other night, and she's right. I mean, we know this. Pat Gotham's a tough lady. She's been around the block. You know, she's never been one afraid to speak out, um, even if sometimes it, it is um, – it costs her position. I mean, you know, she used to be the uh, there was a time where she was the chair of the county commission. And, and, and then there was some some, you know, some politicking going on behind the scenes. And, and um, she's, you know, had differences with people in her own party. But this is um, this is a lady who has been there and done that in politics. Now, my question for you, Brett, is, is do you think that the backlash over her daughter switching parties is going to because you know there are some Democrats I- within that party that are still furious at what uh, Trisha Cotham did and uh, and are hoping that, uh, that 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 may be shown at the ballot box this fall. But do you think Pat Cotham is in any danger of not getting reelected because of ramifications or people that associate her with what her daughter did? A lot of the a lot of the Democrats, the ones that are, well, let me take let me start over. The Democrats that are the most um, upset at Trisha, because it's not all, I mean, yeah, some Democrats, yes, Democrats that weren't exactly happy that she did that, but the ones that have taken it to the extreme levels um, that Pat was talking about, if you, that clip later on, a couple seconds later, she talks about how they reached out to her 11 and 12-year-old grandchildren on social media um, saying just the most vile things about their mother um, to them, and and their grandmother. And so those are doing everything they can to try and not get Pat reelected. But Pat is been in office getting ready to start. You know, she's been in office, what, 12, 13 years, 12 years, I guess it is. Getting ready. She's running for reelection in her seventh term. And she's usually the highest vote getter. So, you know, there's five candidates for three spots. Very little shocks me, but I would be extremely surprised if she didn't get reelected. But to your point, the Democrats are loading up everything. Mech Democrat Party and the North Carolina Democrat Party, as well as the Democrat Party, the DNC up in D.C. Her one singular race in the General Assembly, it would not surprise me if it approached a million dollars just to get her out of office. You mean Trisha? Yes. Yeah. Talk about Trisha. Yes. Yeah. And so... Um, but you think there are some Democrats oh, absolutely. that are going to vote against Pat Cotham because 100%. of what her daughter did? A hundred percent. And um, you know, like, like, it's no secret that Jennifer people like Jennifer De La Hara loathe the Cothams, former school board member. I mean, it's no secret she's wrote op eds about it. So, um, in, in a on a website that nobody but the extreme far left read anyway. And so, yeah, it's uh, yeah. So people like that. Yes, they will vote against her just because of what her daughter did. Um, what's the old saying? Suffer for the sins of thy father or whatever it is. Whatever that saying is. Like, the child suffers for the sins of the father. And so this one is a little bit reversed. The mother is suffering for the sins in their eyes of the daughter. So we'll see. I, I would still be very, very, very surprised if she wasn't one of the top three. Just because so many people like Pat Cotham for not being just a... Oh, this is the way we're supposed to vote, so that's how I'm going to vote. Yeah, she's never been that way. She's always been her own person, which is why she's not currently the chair of the county commission because she doesn't stand in lockstep 
to be honest with you. Well, and I wonder if it could work in the other direction, whether you have some Republicans who might vote for her because of what her daughter did. Well, they would, but the problem is this is the primary. Well, I mean, but when you get to the to the Oh, no, that's why Pat election. wins every year, has the most elections, because Republicans and independents always vote for yeah, Pat. Yeah, and I'm but talking in about... this particular primary, she's... There are, by the way, there are no Republicans running for county commission at large. So the three that get elected on March 5th are the three that will be your representatives in the county commission. Okay, well, in that case, then they couldn't vote there. Yeah. I, was thinking, I, yeah. I didn't I, I didn't I couldn't remember the, the number. So if it, if it were to go to the general election in the fall, it would be interesting to see then oh, yeah. uh, as far as as what the the order is. What, and she the, would the order that they finish and whether that would be affected by some of the reverse of what we were just talking yeah. about. It's a it's a really interesting dynamics. One of the reasons I brought it up is because, you know, Pat Cobb is the ultimate survivor in all these years. I mean, she has taken her her knocks and uh, she hangs in there and she speaks her mind. And I think she's endeared herself to people on both sides because that's who she's become. Um, but this this uh, development with her daughter, Tricia, who we know well here, uh, has definitely made it uh, an interesting time in politics in North Carolina. <laughs> Final minutes here. Good morning, BT. On a busy Tuesday, Bo and Beth and Brett Jensen, host of Breaking with Brett Jensen. What do we think might be breaking with Jensen tonight? So Michelle Morrow, who is running against um, Catherine Truitt for state superintendent, head of public construction, you know, Department of Public Construction, but state superintendent is basically the job. Um she is coming on tonight to start the show with me, and it's been a rather contentious uh, primary between those two, to say the least. And, you know, it's going to be interesting because the person that's running on the Democrat side, Mo Green, is extremely well-respected in the education community. Mm -hmm. And there are quite a few conservatives that actually like him. Mm -hmm. And you don't often get that, you know, the crossover. And so, regardless of who wins this particular race, they're going to have their hands full. They have an uphill battle? Oh, I don't know if I'd call it uphill. I wouldn't call it that. But it's going to be, I mean, because it's probably 50-50, to be yeah, honest with you. Yeah. And it's going to be extremely difficult. And for both parties, you know, Mark Green and the winner of the Republican primary. Like, it's, it's going to be extremely difficult for both. But, so... Um, so it's one of the more contentious races. Yeah, we know about the governor and Del Falwell and Mark Robinson and all that. But, you know, the uh, lieutenant governor has been pretty clean. Not a lot of shots fired anywhere. And there's 11 candidates. But this one, this one has been rather contentious in terms of running for state superintendent. So the other one is coming on tonight, Michelle, Michelle Morrow. I saw this flash up on the screen uh, last hour, and we've gotten some uh, texts and emails about it. Uh, Charlotte CMPD Chief Johnny Jennings was on national TV this morning. He was on Fox and Friends. I want to dip into this just a little bit before we get out of here. Police chief in North Carolina is sounding the alarm about a juvenile crime wave saying, my officers can't keep playing catch and release. Last year, police arrested over 3,000 juveniles, up 34 percent from 2022, and 1,700 of them were repeat offenders, up 70% from the previous year. That police chief, Johnny Jennings, joins us right now from North Carolina. Chief, good morning to you. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, this is a problem for your people down there. Why is there a crime wave of kids? Well, I'm, I'm just concerned about the accountability when you talk about juvenile crime. Um, we're, we've been seeing an influx for years, and, and not just me, but chiefs across the country have been uh, sounding the alarm. And I'm, I'm glad that somebody's listening now because 
uh, if we don't invest in our young people today, we're going to be paying a bigger price down the road. But uh, as you start seeing these kids that are repeat offenders and continuously uh, preying upon our citizens and there's no accountability, nothing's happening. Yeah. And there's just not enough. There aren't enough resources sure. to, to control the influx of juveniles that we see coming in our system. Because, Chief, as is the case in your city, as is the case here in New York City, where I'm sitting right now, uh, one of these juveniles breaks the law. It's pretty much, I, I know it's all handled by juvenile court and whatnot, but it's catch and release. We've heard that a million times. Yeah. That doesn't really help you, does it? Not at all. If you can imagine the work that our officers put in every single day to solve these crimes and, uh, and then to uh, be able to make that arrest and simply turn that young person back over to their parents uh, and then they reoffend uh, the very next day. Uh, and when you start looking at juveniles that are arrested, you know, 10, 13, 14 times in one year, uh, we're not we're, we're doing a disservice to our young people when you see that continuously happening yeah. and nothing's not there's no services for them. There's nothing that's going on to uh, help them not to recidivate. And, and it's a problem yeah. that we need to really get out in front of. And what you need is more money. Who do you need the money from? The people of your towns or the federal government or who? Because it's a crisis. It's approaching crisis status. Let me put it that way. Yeah, we, we need we need the money from any source that we can get it from. And okay. the reason I say that is when you look at Mecklenburg County, the largest county in our state with no juvenile detention center, uh, the one that we did have did close because of the funding issues. And we need to pay our juvenile uh, detention officers uh, what they're worth, uh, make sure that that is a profession that they can make a living uh, doing. Right. We need to look at our juvenile court counselors, our court system in general, uh, detention centers and programs for these young people. And I'm not saying we just need to arrest every child that we come in contact with and put them in a detention center. Uh, what I'm saying is when they're in those detention centers, right. they really need the resources to help them to get back on track. Johnny Jennings, the CMPD chief on uh, national TV there on with Peter, uh, rather Steve Ducey, uh, last hour. So we got a tip that that uh, might be happening this morning, mm-hmm. and there he is. Yeah, and that's a it's a great conversation to have. And I think a lot of people didn't necessarily realize that our, our juvenile detention center here um, closed because of uh, of funding, the lack of funding. Yeah, and there were there were well there were a, a myriad of reasons right. why the the sheriff's department closed it. It was called Jail North, and it was the juvenile detention center up in the Huntersville area, yeah. and it was closed. And but there were a myriad of reasons. It wasn't just funding. There were a lot of different reasons, and a lot of it was staffing. To be perfectly honest with you. All right, breaking oh, yeah. with Brett Jensen tonight, seven o'clock on WBT. Oh yeah. Thanks to everybody, and don't forget the uh, the big cigar event on Thursday night. Thursday, six to nine p.m. at the Vintage in Gastonia. I hope everyone can come out there and join me, and it's uh, we're gonna have a great time. Beth and I'll be back tomorrow, six o'clock. We'll be here. Thanks to Tommy. Thanks to Bernie. Pebo Bowls. Vince Coakley is next. <laughs>